So are you doing like a two to three week um, leave? And then... I'll probably just be like four or five days. Oh, so yeah, they're not giving us that much time oh. when we first get there. I got it. Well, dude, welcome on. I appreciate it, That's man. it. You can introduce yourself if you like. Yeah, I mean, sure. Uh, Tell us a little about yourself. Yeah, you Liam Blankmar from Arizona, like I was telling you. Um, out here right now in Florida for training for the Air Force. Nice. Uh, just pilot and then going to New Mexico in about 20 days. Nice. Gonna start a new life out there. Ah, oh, so exciting, dude. Yeah. Traveling and just like being able to like, um, at least from my experience, between hopping different uh, locations, uh, cities, states, meeting new people and just experiencing the different cultures and lifestyles within America itself is yeah. such a crazy thing. People forget how big America is half the time, I think. And so that's such a such an eye opener every time I think about that. Um, I don't have a lot of questions for you. I mean, the main one I think we talked about earlier was just your social security number. <laughs> yeah. So if we want to put that on blast and Absolutely. just let everybody else know, yeah. that'd be great. Um, no, dude, no. Uh, I actually, um, my first met you was in Oceans Church, yep. uh, Young Adults Group, and you were actually wearing the same uniform you're wearing now. The first time I met you. Yep, and I was like, wow, look at this hunk coming uh, through. I, I was that. like, I need, to, <laughs> I need to become friends with him. <laughs> no, but, um, dude, you've been super kind. Real, relatable, honest, and I think uh, our first session together, we talked about relationships. Yeah, we I had that, that, and we had that deep talk um, where you know you were going through the. You're and cool to talk about this. Double yeah. Okay, so you were going through like your, you know, the end of, uh, or just the the end process of your divorce, and um, you know we had a heart to heart moment because at the time I was going through almost kind of like the same thing where I had gone out of an, an engagement. That's right, and we were both really connecting on that part where, hey, how, what are words of wisdom? What are some words of, um, uh, or not words, but like uh, feelings that we can express in a healthy way and how we can process things when we're talking with new relationships coming aboard yeah. um, so that we don't kind of fall back into the path prior and create something new. Um, and so I thought that was really cool, and I think right, right, I think that sparked like the initial bond. Just and then I remember you came, I remember you came back, and you're like, "Dude, that wisdom was great." Funny thing is, I took that wisdom from like a Facebook post that I had, like, hey man, that I took, and then I just like sat it down, wrote it, and I, I, I reflected on it in my life, and I was like, "It worked. Why not pass it to somebody else?" Yeah, right. So it's such a cool thing. But, um, dude, what do you fly? Oh, U twenty eights. Okay, I don't know what that is. So, so it's a uh, ISR platform for the Air Force. Who inspired you to get in this field? Oh man, so I am very blessed and fortunate, and I thank God for this a lot. That I've never questioned what I wanted to do. Okay, you know what I mean. Some people grow up and try different things and see what fits them, and there's nothing wrong with that. And then some people are just, I think, God places it in their heart to do this from a young age. And so I didn't really necessarily want to do uh, ISR, but I just knew I wanted to be in the plane with the flag on my shoulder, mm. regardless of what I took. Mm. And the path getting there was incredibly difficult, and there's a lot of reasons why I shouldn't be here doing this. I, I, you know what? You're not the first person who's ever told me I shouldn't yeah. be doing this right now. I shouldn't be where I'm at right now. I, I really, like, really shouldn't. And yeah. God is a person who hands out second chances yes oh yeah and third and fourth mm. chances you just and it just co- keeps on coming and coming you just got to be grateful and, and humble and when humble. it happens that in humility and, hum- yep. and being humble is like the biggest thing behind that because if you abuse it it's gonna stop yes yeah and he'll and he'll put you back in your place you, yeah he'll let he'll you know where you he'll, stand he'll throw you down hard yeah uh, so you can get that back and so i was like okay so um i wanted to fly and so i was like okay i wanted to go and I kind of just made a plan in my life. 
And no matter what it took, I was like, I'm just going to fulfill this plan and see what happens. And so uh, high school, it was, I never went to a party, never took a girl home, never anything like that, because I was like, I don't need that right now. Mm -hmm. I need to focus on my grades. I need to focus on uh, community events. I need to focus on just things that are more like have more substance in my life fulfilling and fulfilling and not just personally for me but things that would help progress where I want to go yeah if you don't want to digress and go back down or even like go sidetrack from where you you were already yeah. determined to go to from go. what it sounds like so I really focused on my grades I really focused on school um, and then college came and I had a full ride to ASU out nice. in Arizona and my mom got breast cancer the year I was supposed to go to college okay and so it just wasn't a good time for me to leave the house. Mm. You know what I mean? And I was like, I don't know really what I'm going to do. And Embry-Riddle was about 15 minutes from my house. And I was like, okay, they have STEM degrees and it's a flight school. And they had a ROTC detachment. I was like, let's just see what happens. So I applied. I got in. Um, started doing ROTC as a freshman. And I found out, okay, well, you know, this is a $45,000 just tuition alone year school mm-hmm. and we can't pay for it and so when the military had scholarships that you could earn through the military mm-hmm. i was like okay that's my next goal is i'm going to do as much as i can whatever i can to make sure that when they call out those list of names in the, the semester i'm on it and so again man just grace of god he uh really helped me and protected me that first year of college because that can be a real big sidetrack mm-hmm. like you're talking about especially when you have that freedom oh yeah i know and, it from like uh personally when when i was you know going into my my freshman and sophomore year in college i wasn't paying attention to school i was actually yeah. the complete opposite of your i would say the, the, your commit your discipline yeah at the time i was i was a party animal i wasn't focusing on school i was focusing on girls i was my GP, a good time my gpa was horrible and it took like a hard crash when i got older that i was like okay i need to change my life yeah i don't regret any of the decisions or anything I did, it's more of a yeah. lesson in life yeah. where now I can put that in the back of my belt and teach others, hey, don't do that. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you firsthand experience. But um, yeah, dude, that's kudos to you on that, man. It was tough, man. You know what? I really give a lot of credit to my parents Yeah. because living at home mm-hmm. grounded me a yeah. lot because it was, it was just a progression of what I had known in life. And it was still Sunday mornings, you wake up, I go to church with them. It wasn't this battle of, okay, I'm no longer living at home. Mm-hmm. Do I really need to wake up at 8 to get there by 8.30? You know, that internal struggle you have yeah. when you're 20. No. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I... Well, from, from what it sounds like, you had a really good foundation with God that puts you down to be committed and fulfilled. And your parents, on top of that, facilitating that yeah. as well is just... You know, it just makes it strong. You know how like the uh, how was it called? And correct me, was um, the base of the house is with yeah. Jesus, right? Jesus is the base of the house. Jesus is the base, and then everything else falls. It upon, builds upon. It, it builds upon that, and like you had that right there. And that's what I'm saying, man. Is I was so incredibly just blessed mm-hmm. that God put me in life with parents that I had, and so I started off as an aerospace engineer. Okay. And then I realized the good Lord just didn't make me smart enough to do that. Um, <laughs> well, you went to Embry Riddle, and I got, and it's funny. What year did you go? If you don't mind me asking. I started 2016. So I was in, I was there. I was, I was in Daytona State College. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's so fun. I was right across the street. Yeah. Yeah, partying it up. 
So, um, and so, you know, I, I just, I hated coding. I hated this idea of, I won't use this. It's like, how much do you use the quadratic equation in your day-to-day life? That's the first time I heard. But it's like, (laughs) can you do your taxes? You know what I mean? It's like school can set you up for success, Yes. but your application of school can set yourself up for failure. Mm. And so I was like, "Ah, I don't want to do this. And in order to get a pilot slot, you had to have a STEM degree. Okay. It's a real heavy math or physics based. Um, and it was too late for me to switch degrees to something that wasn't like that. And so I was like, okay, the only other option is um, applied theoretical meteorology. And I know that sounds big, but I was like, it's not engineering. So that's what I focused on. So I switched over to meteorology, and end of freshman year comes, and they called my name. Ooh. And I got a phone call, and I was like, hey, you know, we'd like to offer you a scholarship. And... That's when it really sunk in because in order to accept it, you had to agree to contract. Contract. Yeah. Yeah. It, no, nothing in life is free, brother. Commitment. Yes. Yep. And it was like, we got you. We got you. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I was like, okay. So I prayed about it a little bit and I was like, no, you know what? This is what I want to do. And it wasn't a guaranteed pilot slot. It wasn't a guaranteed job. It was, we own you yeah. from this point forward. How long was your, 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 your process of like really... From the day you got the call to where you made that decision, like how long did you re- really thought about it? You know, put the pen and paper in your pros and cons. Your it was probably about two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, okay. I just because the thing is, is why would I pray for this my entire life, and then God gives me this opportunity, mm-hmm. and now I say no. Yeah. If He didn't want me to do it, He wouldn't give give me the opportunity in the first place. So, thought about it, talked to my parents, and I was like, okay, so I accepted it. And then sophomore year came that, you know, had its own struggles. That was the, like, first real relationship I had was sophomore year. And then junior year came, and that's when you find out what your job is in the military. Okay. So the summer between sophomore and junior year is, like, our essentially basic training as cadets in ROTC. And it's not nearly as long as it is um, if you just enlist and go, or even OTS, but the semester before they treat it like basic. And so you're still required to do everything you need to as a cadet. There's added stress, screaming, yelling, Mm -hmm. extra PT sessions, um, just getting you ready. And so I went to that, came back and then junior year was, so the air force is the only branch that has weather as a job. And so other branches will steal weather, um, people from the air force and utilize them in that career field oh, i didn't know that. but the air force actually has like a weather like team, like team. or like like job a job yeah yeah i got your job and so i worked my butt off i got the grades i didn't do the parties i didn't do the girls and uh my colonel calls me into his office when we all find out and we're just standing in line outside his office waiting and he goes listen man i'm really sorry but because of your degree, the Air Force is really desperate for weather officers right now. And so you're going to become a weather officer. And that crushed me. Yeah. Because it was like, what have I been doing yeah, for you the like, last like, yeah. 20-something years? Because I, I want to be in a plane, mm-hmm. right? I knew that. And so um, coincidentally, right at that time, my pastor... So I had a really good relationship with my pastor back in Arizona. We would um, meet like probably two, three times a week and just pray or he'd go over his sermon with me um, and we'd just talk and just spend time together. 
And so when that happened, they said no. Out of the blue, one Sunday, he pulls me aside. He's like, listen, man, I've really been praying about this. I talked to the leadership about this in the church. We want to send you to seminary school as a church. Pay for it completely. When you come back, take up like an assistant pastoral role in this church. And then when it's my time to leave, you take over running the church. Wow. That's a big decision. It's a huge decision. And now I'm looking up at the sky like, God, what are you trying to tell me right now? Because no matter what, since I signed that line, I'll either have to commit at least four years or pay back the scholarship, which I couldn't do because I was barely making ends meet for school as it was. Uh, when I got accepted there, my dad looked in the eyes. He's like, if this is your education, you're paying for it. Your mom and I aren't going to help you out. Mm-hmm. You need to learn the value of an education. That's And uh, kudos to your dad on that because that's also like the awesome, like it's not just education, but also like the responsibility of money, the responsibility of yeah. choices and consequence, consequences that only life is going to teach you that. It really is. And you know, at the time when you're that young and immature, you're like, oh, you're just being a jerk, mm. right? And so what that taught me was, is there was one semester I didn't have the funds for school. I went to my folks and I'm like, please just cover this next bill, this payment, and I will pay you back. Like you have my guarantee. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do it. And so I was doing 20 credit hours because when I switched over from engineering, I now had to catch up, be done four years. So I was doing about 20 credit hours. I was working three jobs um, the last three years of college, Mm -hmm. and I still couldn't afford it. And so I went to Home Depot one weekend, and I stood outside, and every single person who walked out, I was like, do you need work done for an afternoon? I needed 265 bucks is what it was. Finally, I found this guy. He's like, yeah, come paint for me for a weekend and I'll give it to you. So I went and painted for it. He handed me 265 the following Monday. I went into the no uh, way. register office and I paid for my that next payment of the semester. And that's another thing where I think it's hard for me to feel sorry for someone who wants things but doesn't put the work behind it. And yeah. and, and seeing you, you, you telling me this is like, Let's you know how bad do I want it? Yeah. How bad do I want it? How bad do I you know? And the opinions of what other people would think about. Wait, oh man, I would never go on a Home Depot road and paint. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm too good for that. No one's too good for anything. It's humiliating. It, it, yeah. You know what I mean? Standing outside and just asking, do you need work? And uh, but that that's like the probably one of the biggest courage. One of the biggest things as especially in your age where you were at. Yeah. That's very courageous. It was, it was we, tough. I yeah. really had to swallow my pride. But what it taught me was I literally cannot afford to fail mm-hmm. this class. Because if I don't pass this class, I can't pay for it. And so it forced me to grind and study. And, you know, if, if you're in the situation where your parents can pay for school completely or help you, like, no, no bad feelings towards you, like... Yeah. You are you are in an opportunity where that works for you, and if you fail a class, you go home to your parents. It's like okay, let's take it again next semester. They're like okay. I was not in that situation, mm-hmm. and so um, I did that and I paid for it. And then they offered me a teaching job at the school during the summers that they were also paying me for. So at one point, I was doing four jobs, and so I had. I mean, I literally there was one point. 
junior year where I barely had enough time in the week, but I knew that if I didn't fill it with some type of work, I wasn't going to make it through college. And so I remember I was getting a burrito and back in my hometown and right across the street, there was this building that just opened and this guy was working in there just to kind of setting it up like, you know, foundational stuff. And I was eating my car and something in my heart was like, go talk to him. Mm-hmm. So I walked in and I was like, what is this place? Like, what are y'all setting up? And he goes, this, I knew to town and I saw this thing about rolled ice cream, you know, like those big frozen plates yeah. and you spread it and it, it hardens and then you scoop it up mm-hmm. and put it in. And he's like, and I'm opening one. And I go, well, do you need work? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, tell me when I start. And so I did that. I did teaching. I worked at a bar. And then um, I worked at a door and window store, uh, like framing windows, dropping off doors for houses that are being built, stuff like that. And so most weeks I would go to class, go to one job, come home the next day. I, I try to, and I got, again, very fortunate, very blessed that my bosses throughout this period were understanding. So I could do like every other day at a different job. But you, but you also communicated that. I did. That's yeah. another big thing. Uh, yeah. You you distilled like, hey, I'm doing this on this day. I'm doing this on this day. Can this work? Can this work? And I, commu- communication is key with anything. Yeah. So boom, communication that helped bring it in. Yeah. And so most weeks for me was go to school. I'd work till about nine thirty ten at night. Go to bed. Wake up. Go to school. You know, try and work out. Try. If I had PT, I went to PT. Uh, do whatever I had to do, homework, go to school, next job. And then Fridays, the weekends were always the worst. I never really got to enjoy a weekend mm-hmm. in college because uh, Fridays, I had set up my schedule where like I had one or two classes on Friday. And so I would go to class and then I'd go to that job, work like eight hours, get off at six, and I had to start my job at the bar at 6.30. And so I would rush over there. It was a cocktail bar, so like you had to wear a tucked-in shirt and a tie. So I'd rush home, throw that on, rush back, and then I didn't leave till about three thirty, four in the morning. Ugh. And Saturday comes around, I started that my construction or the dorm window job at seven a.m. Yes, you 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 are hustling, and I, that's just job. how it was. And you kind of normalize stress. And what was like the time period for that? Like how, how long was that duration? Um, I probably did that. I think it was beginning of junior year to just about when I graduated. Okay. So about a year and a half. half. Yeah. Yeah. Year and a half. And you said you got used to that stress. I did. Because I just got to this point where this just sucks. Mm -hmm. And I guess I just live in a life where it sucks. You embrace the suck. I I embrace the suck. But I just got to the point where I was like, this is God awful. Mm -hmm. But this is just how my life is. But I know that in two years, I'm not going to be doing this. It will pay off. In it the will end. pay off. It will pay off in the end. And so that's a really, really good mindset to have. Um, oh. Yeah, you're one of the few that I, I that, at least that I know that have s- stayed dedicated from the story that you're telling me from your life. Boom, next thing, boom, next thing, boom, next thing, boom, next thing, yeah. boom, next thing, boom, next thing. Work, 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 grind, 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 communicate, discipline. It just sounds like you're just going on this straight linear path. 
There was a it lot feels, more bumps. I bet. I bet. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I hundred percent. Yeah. There was all this zigzag going up Lots and down. Lots of zigzags for sure. But you still stay consistent with what the ultimate end goal was. Yeah, like the idea for me was, I don't care if my day changes, but my dream can't. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. So, <laughs> oh, yo, put that down on a pen, yeah. pen and paper right there. You know, it's like tomorrow can change, and that's okay, but the end goal can't. Mm. And so to kind of bring this full story, I was doing that. I got the offer to go to seminary school, and I was 20 at the time when that happened. Mm-hmm. And so six months later, it was the day of my 21st birthday. And at that point, I had dropped the ice cream shop uh, job mm-hmm. just because it wasn't paying enough. And it was just like really weird hours. And it was usually eating at my Sundays. And I was like, if I can have one day to myself to be with my family or go to church, like it's going to be Sunday. And so I worked at a country club as a server. And six months later, it is my 21st birthday. Like, I had already told myself, like, I am going out tonight. Mm. I have some buddies who want to mm-hmm. take me out. Like, midnight comes, you're 21, right? <laughs> and it was, like, 8.30 at night, and I was picking up a wine glass, and I was cleaning off a table, and my phone buzzes in my pocket. So I pull it out real quick. The restaurant's starting to get empty, and it's an email from my colonel. And I still have it uh, saved in my phone. Mm-hmm. And he said, hey, the Air Force took more weather officers than they expected and so because of the scores you had they don't need you for that position anymore and you've been awarded the pilot slot and i remember i was holding this wine glass and i read that and i like got so excited i snapped the stem (laughs) of the wine glass in my hand and i look around i'm like i gotta find my boss chris and i run over to him i'm like chris i know i'm working i know i'm going out tonight i'm sorry but I just found out I got a pilot slot in the Air Force, and I need to go home and tell my parents. And so he's like, go. Mm. And so I clocked out. Shout out out, out to Chris. (laughs) Chris is a real one. Shout out to Chris. Chris Heinrich, if you're listening to this, man, you are a reason why I'm here in my life. (laughs) Um, And I remember I sprinted to my car in the very back of the parking lot. It's like 25 minutes from my house. And there was one road to get out there, and I just shot down that (laughs) um and i remember we lived in a cul-de-sac and i parked my car in the middle of the cul-de-sac so i was like i can't be in this anymore and i ran inside my house my car is on out in the street i'm like i don't care i ran inside and i was like my parents were sitting watching a movie and i was like mom dad i just got a pilot slot and the look on her face when she like realized what I just said is what made all those hours working Mm. and all the ups and downs Mm. worth it because as much as I love my dad my mom is probably my biggest supporter I know it's very cliche like everyone's mom is the biggest supporter but like she has always been in my corner and having my sex so always had your back always had my back yeah and so from there, I, I'm not going to lie, I kind of got a little lazy with school because it's like I reached the moment I wanted to. Mm. I needed a 2.5 GPA to uh, keep my pilot slot and graduate. And I was like, I'm never doing weather again. Um, I had a 3.85 at the time. And I was like, it's going to take a lot for me to drop down to a 2.5. And so that's when I started 
enjoying college more, but mm. also making decisions I necessarily didn't need in my life. Um, and that leads to one of the reasons why I should not be here so, at all. So it sounds like you got complacent. Right I got after. complacent and it's like the whole idea of what is it like the wolf on the top of the mountain isn't as hungry as the one who's climbing it. Mm-hmm. And, and which... at that moment, I was at the top of the mountain. I was on the top of the world of my life and I just stopped getting hungry mm. and made a really, I made a lot of stupid decisions, but I made one really bad one that almost cost me this position in my life. And again, it was like, if I'd say it, it's, you're going to be like, you're, you're making this up, mm. this whole story. Um, but I was able to graduate and I kept it. And then the day I commissioned, I went to a friend of mine who worked at a coffee shop that I would go to to study. And just, we went to high school together, really close friends. And I was like, you know, I'm a cyclone 10 in the Air Force. Like, this is crazy. And there was a girl working there who had caught my eye. And I guess I caught hers for whatever reason. And so I left. Whatever reason. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever reason. Uh, You're a good looking dude. What do you mean? Whatever reason. I don't know about that, man. But (laughs) for whatever reason, uh, I, I left and I texted her. And I was like, who was that girl who was working? Mm. And she was like, dude, she was super into, like, I can give you her number. And I was like, nah, it's okay. And like two months later, the same friend I went to go see is like, hey, I'm having a party at my house. And I invited her. And I was like, yeah. Well, uh, I met her and then we started dating and then uh, went to pilot training and then we got married during pilot training. And then that led to... You know, we can go into that whole uh, just road of that relationship. Um, and then it ended with, you know, how it did. Yeah. And now it's like, all right, the next thing I got to do is figure out how do I move forward. Move forward. Move forward. Go, yeah. 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 But it, it was a crazy road, man. I mean, like I said, I'm, it's just, it's hard for me to describe <clears throat> how much God's blessed me and not just how much he's blessed me, but how much he not only gave me a second chance, Mm -hmm. but he looked at me and he said, this is an investment that I know will pay off even if he doesn't. And I think God does that sometimes. It's like he knows the ends and the beginnings, right? It's like he knows where the story is going, but I like to think there's small moments in there where he kind of just sits back and goes, this is an investment and it will pay off, but it's gonna take some work to get there. Yeah. And I'm so glad that he saw me as somebody worth holding on to because I really, I really don't deserve to be here right now, in Florida, talking to you. Yeah. About to move, you know, it, it just it blows my mind, man, and I am incredibly grateful for it. And that's, and that's the beautiful thing with God is we don't we're not meant to know it all. No. And. If you're okay with that, if you can just live with it, mm-hmm. it's a fun ride. I think it's a it's a it's a ride that will be very fulfilling. Well, you know they say like uh, the chances of you being born is like one in four hundred trillion mm. or something like yeah, that. something tr- cr- an exponentially crazy. Strongest sperm, dude. I don't yeah. know. What to tell you. <laughs> yeah, best swimmer, right? Um, and it's like the same God who spoke this little blue marble into existence mm. and appeared in front of Moses. And gave, you know, him the power to split the Red Sea and brought Jonah out of the whale and 
was in the hearts and minds of all these guys who like you listen to the, the podcast the guy who killed Osama bin Laden mm-hmm. and he was like I was praying for my life and it's like that's the same God who was comforting you in your heart as you're running down this tunnel in Afghanistan looking for this guy that spoke the world into existence and he's the same God who looked at me and said you are worth being here yeah and a big part of my responsibility I feel like is I can't let that I, I can't drop the ball on that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I can't let God down. It's like, people are born every day. People die every day. We're replaceable. There's, there's going to be another pilot. There's going to be another human. Mm-hmm. There's going to be someone who just found God a month ago and is already giving him more credit and love and praise than I have after knowing God for 20 years. So it's like, this is a very fluid movement in life just mm-hmm. existing and it's yeah. like you are not as special as you think mm-hmm. but you have to know that the person inside you thinks you're special enough to be here and that is such a i think hard thing to grasp sometimes it is when when the world is against when the world can feel like they're like they're against like am i saying that right yeah when you feel like the world is against you against you yeah it can be hard to have that yeah. kind of mindset um and that's where like read the word Right. When yeah. in doubt, read the word. Read the word. Go to church. Find some fellowship. Find just sometimes. Yeah. Get down on your face. Yeah. And get, just have a conversation. Yeah. And just pray out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Pray out loud. You know. And I, personally, for me, when I'm in those dark places, praying out loud has been the biggest relief because I get to see. Personally, I feel like I get to see what's happening. Yeah. And I get into that you know emo- that state of emotion where the tears come out, and then I'm like, okay, that's. The answer is like right there. It's like come in. It's in fruition. Right? Yeah. It's like oh, okay, and I can sit back and just sit in it, and I'm like, it's gonna be okay. Yeah, let's go. Let's keep going. Kind of a thing. And I'll tell you what, man. Like the lowest moment. So was this December of twenty? Yeah, December twenty one. They find a, a tumor on my sister's brain. Hmm. They can't remove it because she's pregnant, and it could somehow hurt the baby going through that procedure so I'm like okay that's happening the same time my other sister because I, I have twins or I don't have my sisters are twins mm-hmm. um, my other sister her husband is a cop in Alabama and you can read about his story online his name is Ben Darby he's one, probably one of the most steadfast and greatest men I truly know I'm not just saying that um, he was involved in a situation where for his safety and the safety of the officers, the best escalation of force was to end the situation fatally. And all his higher-ups and leadership watched the body cam footage, and they said that you did the right thing. <clears throat> well, it's still brought to trial, and I think, I don't want to put this as like verbatim, but I think, like you know how different states have different rules? Mm-hmm. I think in the state of Alabama... You're still required to go to trial if you're involved in a shooting. Just as like a, let's make sure. Are formality? Some, yeah, like formality or something about that. So uh, he goes in front of, you know, 12 people and they find him guilty. First degree homicide. He got sentenced, uh, I believe it was like 25 years to life, I want to say. Or 20 to 25 years, something like that. And... The crazy thing is, like, the actual incident happened years prior, but it was just now coming to light. Mm. And so, you know, around that time in America, cops weren't really favored. 
And you could dispute the fact and say they still aren't. I was going to say that. I was like, I've, I've, I've never, I think it's always a 50-50, 40-60, if you wanted to say. Which is crazy to me yeah. to begin with. And I'm this like, isn't like. No, no, no. I mean, the same with you. I'm like, to me, I'm like, I, I'm blessed that there's officers here. I personally, yeah. I'm, I'm all for them, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, can you imagine a world where there wasn't any? Where there wasn't that type of Yeah, if right? you didn't have that type of project, yeah. And you know, there's bad mechanics. Absolutely. Take advantage of women. Well, that's the big the thing. It's like the, it's always that one at one seed yeah. makes every, you know, that's why you can't have nice things. That's how yeah. they say it, you know? So. I heard it like if you had a bowl of Skittles and there was 500 Skittles in the bowl and someone said, hey, I poisoned one Skittle and I threw it in the bowl and this this Skittle will kill you. Mm-hmm. It's like, would you grab in and grab a handful and eat it? And it's like, most of us probably say no. Yeah. Right? But all it takes is one bad Skittle to make the entire bowl mm-hmm. useless. And that's how I think this whole cop, it, like, cop thing is. Um, but anyways, so that verdict came out. I was like, okay. Then my mom started having more health issues. So that was happening. I, uh, my ex-wife had like we had just separated and she was heading back home so now it's like the divorce had just happened and then two weeks after i graduated pilot training um sit on the couch and i get a call from my mom and she says hey your dad was just involved in an accident i don't even know if he's alive or dead he's being air to knoxville i need you to meet me there and she hung up the phone dude that's a lot dude that's and so I then drove seven and a half hours in silence. No one was answering my phone call. No one. And like this is from Columbus, Mississippi to Knoxville, right? And I remember just driving, and I'm like, well, what am I going to roll up to and see, mm-hmm. right? And all that happened within the span of like five months, mm. right? So I hit this point where the world was crashing. And despite like what you want to say about feminine roles versus masculine roles in life, I just think naturally men have a like propensity to handle a situation with the idea that they can provide a solution. And I'm not saying that women can't do this, but like men will like to put it on their shoulders Mm -hmm. and find a solution until it's resolved. And in every single one of these situations, I couldn't provide an answer. It was like, I can't get this tumor out of your head. I can't go get him out of prison. I can't go try and reconcile because of what happened. Like, there was no reconciliation after how things ended with us where I'd even be open to inviting her back into my Mm -hmm. life. And I can't, I'm not a doctor. And it's like, what the hell is going on right now? How How are you feeling? Oh, dude, I was at my lowest. I mean, it was... You just feel useless. Hopeless? Just hopeless. And it's mm-hmm. like, so many people are, it's okay, man, like, God's got this. And I'm not disputing that whatsoever. But in those moments in life, hearing God has this and seeing that God mm-hmm. has it is really what makes or breaks your hope in how the situation ends, right? And all I kept hearing was God's in control, God's in control. But I wasn't seeing, at least in my mind, with everything falling down around me, I wasn't seeing that God was in control. I just knew he was there, Mm -hmm. right? And so it kind of created like a, what have we done to deserve this, right? And I think... Yeah, because you put the blame onto yourself. I put the blame on myself, but I also put the blame on God. Mm. And I think this is like one of the biggest things 
that people who struggle with the idea of God... Do you think that correlates? Like your... Blame of self, blame of God? I think so, because at least with actions where you had a um, say in the consequence... Mm. People don't like accepting responsibility. Yeah, for so like, Dad, why'd you make, why'd you make me do this? Yeah, yeah that's or, like, why did you? Yes, the you and, and not you, me. I, I always love to say that you can't run into your actions, but then away from your consequences, mm. right? And so a lot of people do that, and when they start to run away from the consequences of those actions, God's a great scapegoat because He's there when you want Him to be, and then when you mess up, He's there to throw the blame on. Or you can say, "Woe is me! Why would you do this to a good person?" Right, it's and like, that's like the biggest question. It's conditional love. It is, mm. and you can't put a condition on a creator that has proved himself in every single thing that we see. Mm. You can't put God in a box because God made the box, right? You can't put God into your pocket and say, "I'll pull you out when I need you," and then when I don't need you, if something bad happens, it's your fault. For instance, really terrible marriage. Like there was their highs, of course, but yeah. the lows outweighed the highs. Mm-hmm. And well, it's easy to remember the lows and the highs. It is. And th- the thing is, too, is there was more bad that was happening mm. than there really was good. And you know, part of that was immaturity. Part of that was we both weren't really truly right with God to begin with. The way we started our relationship kind of set us up to fail from mm-hmm. the beginning. Um, but I just completely lost what I was going to say. No, you're good. Um, oh, man. Got <laughs> <laughs> the dead air moment. Power the mic. <laughs> no, play. We have uh, an ad sponsor coming in right now. So to save if we'd like to... No, play. <laughs> no, no, you shadow legend. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're good. Um we were kind of we were talking back in regards to the to the whole. Oh, I yeah, just remembered it. Sorry, go. no good. No, that helps. If that oh, helped me, maybe okay. that helps bung it up. Go ahead. So what I realized was, if you're not a hundred percent right with God, in your own life, He will always match the energy that you give out. Yeah. Right. So if I'm only fifty percent right with God, and I live in this world where I go to church and I go to groups. But I'm not reading my Bible. I'm watching porn. Mm-hmm. I'm going out and getting drunk. And I have one foot in both worlds. And then I ask God to send me a good Christian girl get who's at 100%. God's going to look at you and be like, <laughs> brother, you're at 50% with me and you're asking for 100 He's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to give you a girl who's worth 50% of mm-hmm. your time. Because he's going to match the energy that you put into your own life. Mm-hmm. And so... That was a big thing too, was I was asking for a girl that was at a hundred percent and I'm like sitting at twenty-five in my life. You weren't worthy. I was not. You weren't worthy. I really wasn't. And then it's like, okay, we have this idea of God. And you can stop me from just rambling off your brother. Dude, this is great. Okay. Keep it on. We have this idea of God that we don't see it as a relationship with him. Mm. We see it as a, I show up, I ask for what I want, and if I don't get it, I'm going to throw a fit. a fit. Yeah. And then you wonder why we're called children of God. Mm. Because we act. <laughs> we act just like children. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, for sure. And it's like, if think about if you had a relationship with Madeline like this. Yeah. Right? And I'm sorry, anyone listening, no. JP is off the market, unfortunately. Unfortunately, sorry, guys. Um, no. 
think if you had a relationship with God like this, just like, or with Madeline like you do with mm. God, you don't talk to her. Yeah. You don't communicate with her. And when you do, you dump all your problems on her. You expect an immediate fix in your life. And then when it doesn't happen, you get mad at her and you walk even further away from her. Childish. Do you think that that relationship will last very long? Dude, no. I'm surprised there's even a relationship in the first <laughs> right. place with that. <laughs> so it's like we have a relationship with God that isn't just give and take. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why uh, my grandfather such a wise man yeah. i swear he's like the relationship and you're saying it already the relationship that you reflect yourself with god is the relationship you're going to reflect with others around with you others. you me pastor michael madeline my mom my dad whoever it, it's a true reflection and uh it's such a eye-opener when i first realized it and yeah. now that i can actually see it because i reflect on it now and it's like wow like I wish I was. I wish I would have known this when I was like six, dude. I was yeah. like, oh, but you know what? It's a great thing that I know it now. Yeah, because it's so even so much more powerful. Well, and going back to the whole like putting God in a box, that's why you can't put condition on His love, mm -hmm. because the reason that God sticks around is because His love is unconditional. Mm -hmm. And so you, I had to remind myself of when all that happening was happening was that His love is still unconditional. So as mad as I get at Him right now, first of all, it's, it's just misplaced anger. It's anger that I should have looked at myself in the mirror and said, what can I do mm. and fix me? Mm -hmm. And dude, even with like the marriage ending, the way it ended was how it ended. Yeah. Right? It's like I had no say in that. The actions that happened, happened. And I don't take any accountability for that because it wasn't really my decision, right? Um, without getting into no, because yeah. I don't want to slander anyone. I don't want to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not here to put I, a bad name on someone. I know the exact response to that because I, I went to the same thing. Yeah. So I, 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 I get that. And for I, my best way of explaining it was more of I can only talk from my side. Yeah. And I know the wrongs that I did yeah. when it's reflecting it. And I know what I need to do now to be better for the next relationship. Yeah. And so the leeway time that I had that year, year and a half, year, about a year breakish was like me focusing on God and being better at those, those faults that I had in the previous relationship where now, now that I'm with Madeline, I've been able to be better at communicating, be better to sit in, in my emotions, be better to uh, just move, like be true and honest. That's the, that's probably was my, my biggest like hurdle from the previous to now stop pleasing, be real. Yeah. You know, that's, those were like the setting big boundaries. setting boundaries, like having real conver deep conversations yeah. and like sticking to them. So and I know I've told you this before, but you truly have a relationship that I look at and I'm like, I want that. Dude. And you can have it when God's ready. And when to give it that's to what I'm saying. Yeah. Sure. And you but can have it. Don't I'm feel like you can like, just when God gives it to you, he will give it to you and you're going to be so happy. I just can't imagine y'all having an issue. Oh, and I know I mean, it's going to happen, yeah, right? I'm just yeah. saying, like, in my mind, theoretically, it's like, I can't believe, I can't see JP with how well he trusts in God and built this relationship that it would ever fall from someone else trying to shake it. Mm. And when I first started talking about relationships, I was like, okay, he did this, this, and this, and these were, like, the eight things I didn't do. Mm. And that's why when the big bad wolf blew, my house fell over. Yes. Yeah, same here. And after I got rid of that anger about what happened, I definitely did some self-reflecting. And I was like, okay, even if I had no control over why things ended, 
I'm still going to look at how it's like, dude, I'll tell you this in the pilot community in the air force or pretty much in the, in the military. So many of these guys are like, Oh, I fly the F 22 and that's their entire personality. And it's like, that's great. But how are you as a man? How are you as a, a son, a father, a friend? How are you? I had this conversation. Anything else but what you sit your seat into for 45 minutes, mm -hmm. right? And so I did that with my relationship with her afterwards. And I was like, how was I as a listener? How was I as a motivator? Mm -hmm. As someone who's compassionate, who put not my issues on her, but went with her with our issues to God and laid those at his feet, right? And it, I'll be honest, brother, it wasn't good. There was a lot of like, yeah. okay, I can't change the fact that this happened. However, I could have changed a lot of things. And the lesson that that taught me, like I will say this, I'm not proposing that people get divorced to learn these lessons because no, you yeah. don't need that, right? You, you like, don't You don't have to go through a divorce to really learn the don't. lessons, but you do have to be real with yourself and sit with yourself and be honest with yourself, and it's uncomfortable. You do. It's very uncomfortable to tell yourself like, wow, I was a piece of, I am being a piece of shit. Yeah. I am not doing the things that I need to do. And this is where like you have to start really creating these habits of like these new healthy habits of getting out of your comfort zone, yeah. being okay with fighting the fear that you have inside of yourself. Because that's really the big thing. And those are like the insecurities that you may have, the way you may be thinking about yourself, the way you talk to yourself. And you know, when and the only way around that is you know getting your getting into that scripture, getting it right, practicing, practicing. Action, practice, action, practice, action, practice. That's the only way you're going to learn. And yeah. um, the other thing is the person you're with has to be okay with that too because it's not going to be easy. Like they have to be okay in that transition that you're going through. Yeah, It's going to make them uncomfortable. And I think if you find the godly woman, they, she will understand. And if you don't, it's just going to – it may create something about – I'm not saying it's not impossible, but it will be harder. Oh, dude. It will be harder. So much. Because you, you guys aren't – it's like speaking two different languages. Yeah, and that's how my grandfather said he was like, if you find, like, he was like, you have to find, he didn't say you have to, but he said, it'd be best to find someone who is in the same religion, same faith as you are, because the communication styles are going to be the same. You guys can fall back on the same scripture and understand each other a lot better with why you feel this way because of this point that I'm listening to, this is how it reflects to me. And if they're, they're in that same um, uh, religion, when they communicate about what it makes them feel, they explain that to to what they and then you get a new perspective on them. They get a perspective on you, and guess what? That's an open that just grows the relationship stronger and creates like it's these new, new like plans that work together. And then you both want to help each other, um, yeah. and so you because you at the end of the day you you want to see both succeed. Oh, absolutely, right? And that's that's what a healthy relationship is, and that's really what I'm noticing is a relationship with Christ is seeing both grow stronger in the faith, which will allow each other to grow stronger together, which will grow the people outside of you. Okay, so I went on a tangent, and then my tangent's over. So yeah. I'll let you go talking right after you. Um, no, something that my old pastor always said was, if it's a temptation, it's from the devil. Mm. If it's selfish, it's from you. And if it's biblical or if it's a blessing, it's from God. And there's so many times in that relationship where I was like, this is just a selfish temptation that I'm giving into. And I'm like, the two people who are causing that are myself and Satan's attacking me. Mm -hmm. Right, and you have this idea that when you're with someone who isn't at that hundred percent mark with God that we talked about, you're like, 
I can change them, right? Like the old adage. I want to be the hero. Yes. Let me, like, be the, let me be the helper. You see the puppy out in the rain, yeah. and it's like, I can bring you inside. I can warm you up by the fire. I can dry you off. I can feed you. And the second you do, it turns around and bites you. Well, dude, this is where we were talking about the cups when we first talked, when mm, we first met the, yeah. the cups being full or whatever. And it was, not whatever, but the first cups being full, we talked about how like you can always try to fill this other cup, but it has holes in it. Yeah. All right. So it's like it's not gonna do anything, and then your cup is like depleting, right? Yeah. And if you're not following, you're not practicing, you know, God's word. You're not. You're not in it. You're not. You're not being fulfilled. You're just. You're. You're emptying your cup, and that person. And and that person's like getting the fill, but they're just like depleting it over time. Yeah. And they're gonna want more. They've, oh, always. They've only. That's all they wanted. They just wanted that attention that you were giving them. They just wanted all that affirmation and validation that you were giving them and then it just fills and then it gets dry because they don't know how to fill their own cup they don't know how to patch their own hole and so when you're depleted they're they're done with you and they're like okay i'm gonna get to the next best thing that's gonna give me what i need and you're over here like what the heck i just what the heck just happened to me you know what i mean like i lost it all or if you do have christ right and you do know how to fill your cup, you're, but you're constantly emptying your cup, filling your cup, emptying your cup, filling your cup, emptying your cup, filling your cup, and it's like you're not in control. No. You don't know how to control it. That's yeah. where the boundaries have to come into play. Yeah. Um, and so it's, a, it's very eye-opening. I had a, my, my best friend in the entire world, he's one of these guys where, and it's because I love him, I can say this, mm-hmm. but I'm like, dude, I love you to death, but you are just an idiot. <laughs> you know what I mean? I have one too. Everyone has a best one friend, too. right? Where it's like, I would take a bullet for you, <laughs> but man, you've said some of the dumbest things ever in my entire life. And he hit me one day and he says, when you look at a relationship through rose-colored glasses, all the red flags that are there just look like flags. Mm-hmm. And he's like, when you have the ability to take off those rose-colored glasses and see reality for what it is, you just see a sea of red flags that have always been there, but you chose to ignore them. I remember I sat back and I was like, where did this just come from? Like, you just used your one good, like, yeah, one dump of brain cells and you just use them for the rest of the year. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> because it's like, there's no way you're climbing back up that mountain and <laughs> dropping wait, this next wait, week. Wait, another year for another, another wisdom <laughs> yeah. check. Right? Um and so I remember he said that, and I was like, he said it at the exact right moment in my life in that relationship where I was like, oh my goodness, I did the whole, I can pull you out of the rain, and I can save you, and I can change you. And it's like, the issue was, is every single one of those sentences was starting with the word I. And it's like, I can't do a damn thing to change your heart. It's not up to you. You know what? A scorpion is always going to want to sting people. Mm. It's just in their nature. And as much as you throw it around other animals, at the end of the day, it's still a scorpion. And scorpions sting. And it's not up to me to try and change the nature of your heart. Mm. It's you gotta lay that at God's feet. And yep, if he that's says, exactly Brother, it. this is not for you, you know what? I don't care how attractive you are or how good I think you will be for me. Mm-hmm. It's just not it. Yeah. And I think the big thing in that is looking at the reality of like how things are going. And so that's where you have to be really vigilant and not let your mind play games with you about how you are feeling with this person. You got to look at what are the actions and um, the, the, how was the word I'm looking for? What are the actions and how are they like balancing what, like if I'm giving, how are they, um, like if I do something, are they reciprocating back? Mm, Yeah. The reciprocation. And the only way to know that is like through a duration of time being with them. Yeah. But like 
looking at the actual things that are happening. Like, how are they interacting with the people that they're with? How are they interacting with strangers? How are they talking to you? Are they giving you the space when you ask for it? Are they being extra, like, not needy, but are they being very pushy, demanding, where they're not giving you, like, yeah. they're not like, they're not communicating properly. They're just asking for things. It's And it doesn't just happen in a day, right? I mean, it can. No. You, I mean, sometimes it's like, if you see all that happen in one day, I'm going to be like, it was like my pe- my my brain just went like this. I know my piece is gone. I, yeah. I don't need that. I don't need Absolutely. that. Absolutely. But sometimes it can happen at a sudden degree. Yeah. Where this person's pretty good at hiding, hiding yeah. all their red flags, and then they reveal it one at a time, right? Oh yeah. And then it's, and then it, like by then you you feel like you have to commit already because it's been so long. Yeah. You and it's it. and you're and I don't know about you, Mama didn't raise a quitter. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. So like you're like I don't want to leave, and but then you're like it's not healthy to stay. Oh. Yeah. Right. I don't want to leave, it's but it's not healthy to stay. Leave, but it's also mm-hmm. not healthy. And to so stay. you got to learn to let go. Yeah. And uh, again, that's only God can change someone's heart. Well, you know, I like to view relationships as you're either advancing together or you're retreating together. Mm. But there's never this standstill where nothing's happening. Yeah. It's, it's like your goal should be we are always pushing forward and getting better. It should just be like whoop whoop, like you're just, just climbing little top, that just ladder. Climb, yeah, just climbing a nice little ladder, one step at a time. Yeah. Because if you're not you're slipping down it, mm-hmm. right? And with everything that happened, like looking back, it was just a retreat, man. And it was a retreat like in our marriage and then it became a retreat on me mm-hmm. and like my mental health. Mm-hmm. And it was like these actions are no longer just affecting us as a relationship. It's affecting your life decisions. It's affecting me and my decision. Were you, would, would you, would uh, when I was going through my my like breakup my, of the engagement and everything, I had such a heavy fear base mm. at the end of it. Um, not even at the end of it, like duration. Like my, I just noticed myself having more fear than faith. Yeah. Um, and it was just growing. So I'm, I'm curious if did you have something like that similar or was yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I definitely lied to myself mm. and said that the one person who's not gonna hurt me is you. Mm. And so everything I have to fear is outside of you. Mm. And there's nothing I have to fear about you. And then what happened was I was focusing so much on the fear that was around us that not only did it make me like susceptible to her actually being able to hurt me, but it just invited everything else that could hurt me to jump onto my conscious and attack me that way. And... What ended up, it's, it's a really good way I've heard this is it's not the pain of the knife in your back that hurts. Mm-hmm. It's when you turn around and see who's holding the knife. Damn. <laughs> and that quote broke me, right? Like mm. I really had to think about that. I was like, it doesn't hurt getting stabbed. It hurts to see who's holding the knife. And I had lied to myself so much that it would never be her that call it Satan if you I mean her relationship with God and all that is her own business right yeah but it definitely like I said made me susceptible to the one area that I never thought would be an issue because I didn't build walls around it was the one thing that brought me down and um, and that... then there was no faith because like I said I was just so much focused on what to protect us from and you from and what could happen and this and this and this. I never ever looked at her and said, what are things that I don't like 
about you. And that's how a relationship should be, in my opinion. It's like, I'm going to look at you. You're a completely different person, completely different past, completely different decisions. And I'm going to look at you and be like, okay, I don't like this, this, and this. And you're going to look at me and be like, I don't like this, this, and this. 100%. But can you come together and say, all right, we're both human. I have an issue with this. Like, okay, let's say, I'm not just saying me, but like, so let's say theoretically, I go relationship with a huge porn addiction, right? Now, first of all, I should be an indicator that maybe you're not ready for a relationship and probably God didn't give it to you. But I, I'm not God and I never want to be. Yeah. Because I'll mess up. No, right? thank you. You I cut don't me want... off in traffic, I'd be like straight down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that responsibility at all. You know what I mean? Road rage? Yeah. <laughs> you took the last biscuit, dude, you're gone. You know what I mean? Um, the vending machines, but the, was it the McFlurry machines not working? Yeah. Done. Go. <laughs> yeah. The ice cream machine at yeah. McDonald's? Yeah. That's it. Done. Um, but, oh, dude, what was I just saying? Um, uh, responsibility of God. Uh, shoot. Oh, yeah. So oh, if ahead. I show up like this pornography addiction, yep, right? Yep. You can look at that and be like, I really don't like that in your life. Okay. There's going to be things you don't like. But is your solution, I don't like that, and you have to change if you want us to be together? Or is your solution, I know that I can't change your heart about that, but I am willing to stand next to you, and if we bring this together before God and allow Him to work, I won't be bothered by this. Mm. Right? I'm not going to allow it to happen. You get to set boundaries, like you were saying. You have to say, okay, like for me, my big thing was is like you can have party drugs or you can have me. You can't have both, mm. right? So you got to choose which is more important to you. Is the feeling of that high more important than what you see in me as somebody that can bring an addition to your life because a boyfriend or a husband or a girlfriend should never be a replacement they should be an addition to Mm -hmm. your life and if they start replacing things in your life you might start running into problems Mm -hmm. because they should be there to add so you can say to me if you're with me you're not going to watch porn okay you just set a boundary that i think is reachable for someone but you can also say, hey, you're not going to watch porn. However, this isn't going to be a make or break deal for me because I can't change this about your heart. But I will step forward with you and we will find help and we will bring this to God and we will pray about it. And then a year and a half from now, when it's no longer an issue, you can't come at me and say, well, you used to watch porn. It's like that's that's not something that that's a very degrading. Yeah, you relationship. don't you don't bring the past back in a yeah. way when when you've done the work yeah. behind fixing it, and you can't use that against somebody. And that's when someone just can't let go of the past. Yeah, and um, that's a very big trauma uh, with, with people. I mean, like I kind of I, I've had, no, I do I do, and I still I've had. I don't have it as much as I used to now. Now that I'm like really listening and, and following the word, but I always had this reflection or like this like trauma-based look back at my parents when they divorced at a young age mm-hmm. and that like had a huge hit on my self-worth because I put a lot of value behind that, like me being not not good enough or something. I was like, I was always like, what the heck? And um, I always kept that inside. I never really told anybody that. I still haven't really told anybody that, but that has changed since finding God that like, it's like, okay, that value is not, that has nothing to do with that's between them. Yeah. They were young, they were wild, they did whatever that had nothing, you know, I was just a kid, right? Yeah. Whatever. Um, but the, but by realizing that it allowed me to be a lot more current with mm-hmm. just the things that I'm doing, my actions, my responsibility. And I think anybody that has, that's gone through very heavy trauma based, 
actions in their lives or events, events in their lives, yeah. it can leave a really heavy toll in their mind where they're like, they can't let something go. Because mm. it goes back into that like fight or flight response from that time. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just another fear to fear versus faith oh, um, absolutely. action that it's easier to fall in the fear than the faith because that's always in the back of your head now. And you, well, and we do this relationship all the time, right? Mm. It's like, okay, she hurt me in this way. Mm. So then when you finally get told that you're ready for a relationship again, the second that fear pops back up, you place that new person in the shoes of the person that did yeah. that to you. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, that's not fair. It's because, not. They're, first of all, they're not the same person, or they're not the same people. Mm-hmm. And secondly, it's like, you have to give me a chance to prove you right and yeah. also prove you wrong. Yeah, absolutely. But if you just walk in with this preconceived notion that, well, you've done similar things and I dated this one person who did similar things, it's going to have the same outcome. Yeah. You're going to live your life in a cyclical... Yeah. Just It's, it's the curse of comparing as mm. well. Um, where you compare your past to your future, your present, and then comparing others, other relationships with your relationship. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, if you can't give that person a new, per- a new fresh perspective, where it's like, okay, I'm starting from scratch with this person. I know the less I should, you should know the lessons from the previous relationship. Then now you can take in this new relationship of what to better mm. the relationship. Uh, better communicating, better actions, better decisions. Yeah. That when trouble like that arises, now you have a different perspective and you can communicate. Hey, this is how I'm feeling. Mm. This is what I've gone through. You you know I mean? You have to say that. You can just be like, this is the this is what I'm feeling, and be firm with your decisions. You know. Yeah. And this is where boundaries come. And then you have to. You should explain when it comes to that time if you're having those deep talks. Mm. You know, creating these boundaries and creating goals to let go of the fear or let go yeah. of the bad habits, both creating, creating goals. That's the, that's the, the yeah. big thing. And when you are able to learn how to create goals for yourself, I think you can create goals with the relationship Yeah, and it, it just create it's just a beautiful thing. Well, and it's, it's like, we're supposed to be God-like, mm-hmm. right? And we'll never understand true unconditional love mm-hmm. on the same spectrum that God yeah. has. Right. But I try and look at it now as if you went to God and you brought this to him, and you realized it was wrong, if he can forgive you, and he made me, and he made these trees that sway, and the waves that crash, you know, and the, and the, the stars that shoot across the sky, mm-hmm. if he can forgive you, why can't I? Yeah. Why, why do I need to hold on to this, but he hasn't? Why? Like, I, I find myself, like, thinking, why am I the only person in this relationship between me, you, and God that has an issue with this anymore? It's like, you don't, you gave up that life. You might have lived a life and then you realize this is awful. I hate how I feel. I hate how this makes other people, you know, think about me and feel Mm -hmm. about me. And you brought it to God and you're like, I want a new life now. And God says, you got it. And then you find me and you spend all this time opening your heart and learning to forgive yourself and going through the pains of reliving traumas that you've induced and traumas that you've experienced. Mm-hmm. And you find someone that you're like, I've been so, I built up so many walls in my life and I'm going to open the doors and let you in. And it's like, can you imagine being that person? And then you find someone and they have an issue with what you've been trying to get over for so long. And it's like, you're really going to be the one person that can't let this go or mm-hmm. can't just trust that God will a give you peace about this in your heart. 
and B, make it such a small issue because he's blessing your life with, if you're doing things right, he's blessing your life with so many opportunities and just overall blessings that you're so focused on what happened that you're not focusing on what God's given you now. Mm -hmm. And we do this all the time mm -hmm. with God. We really do. And it's like, again, being this full circle, this is where that unconditional love that we'll never understand. It's like, I, dude, I think, and we can get down this deep theology rabbit hole here, but I think about this all the time. It's like, why did God make us? <laughs> it's like, you have the power. Like, I even think, why did you speak creation to existence? Mm. You didn't need to. You had this setup in heaven where everything is perfect. Why do you need me with all the baggage and mistakes and the times I put you down as my creator and the ways that I didn't honor you in my life? Why do you need me? And then it's like, God doesn't need me. He doesn't need anything. It's like he wanted to create a world in which we have the free will to live a better life mm. and live a more fulfilling life. And I think that right there, that word you just fulfilling life mm. is like a way that to me is like a part. You're never going to have the full, we're never going to know the answer why yeah. he created us, but to create us maybe was fulfilling yeah. in a way. Mm. Like to him, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's fulfilling. It's like, oh, this it's is like love. Having a child born. Yeah. It's like that fulfillment. It's that fulfillment. Of... And it's like, okay, now that I have, now that I create, now I have to teach you. Mm. And now I have to guide you. And I have to teach this wisdom. Well, how do I do that? Well, I have to look at the lives of others, of the past, the future. And, and, and he is the past and the future. Mm. And so it's like, oh, dang. Okay, well, so he knows the answers. Yeah. It's like you answer your own questions with, with just going back to God. Well, just going back to yeah, God. Yeah, just going back to God. All your answers are getting. And it's like, okay. Then you can be like, okay, so if he has all the answers, well, how did he do it? Well, he's seen the past and the future. Well, that means I probably have to look at my past and look into my future to get all these answers and really digress the actions that are happening and see the results of these actions. Mm. And by that is knowledge. Knowledge is power, and power yeah. leads to like kind of like moving forward. But you have to be careful with power. Because you don't want the ego to go up and mm -hmm. you need to create humility. So how do you do that? You have to see, you have to go through the experiences and trials of life. These are the tribulations that come into yeah. play. And it's like, okay, now we're adding on small things. It's just a, oh, we can go deep, dude. <laughs> dude you, it's so crazy to me that's like, God knows the statistics of our past. He knows the outcomes of our future. Mm. But the best thing about him is that he lives with us in the present. Mm. And it's like, if you forget that because you get so focused on the past, you're missing out on the opportunities to live and breathe and walk with God right now on August 7th. So you can worry about what happened in the past or the decisions you made, but it's like you weren't living with God then. And so it's like you're really going to put so much thought and energy and heartache into the decisions you made when you weren't living with Him, when you can just take a moment, take a deep breath, and think about he is standing right next to me and mm -hmm. I can live with him right now and make tomorrow better and make the next day better because he already knows the outcomes of the future. But it's like you're going to spend all this time on the past and there's certain things, man, especially with men, like we have, the, the male ego is so real. Oh, yeah. Right? And especially like when you date someone who has like a, to, maybe to you, maybe it differs for everyone else, but 
you date someone who opens up about their past and it's not something you like. Like maybe they slept with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're really big into drugs. Maybe they, you know, I, I mean, I'm not saying like they killed a person. Right. I think there's a line that needs to be drawn there. Oh, right? I think it's a, a measure of comfortability with oneself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but this male ego, and dude, this happened to me. And I will absolutely admit it because I felt so much, like when I started reflecting on everything, um, I just felt so much shame for the way that I had treated people that mm. I had dated in the past who had past I didn't like because they were different from mine. Same. And I 100% was like, I went back to the, why did I work my ass off and study and not party and not do any of that to get to where I am and you didn't? And I'm going to say this, I don't say this is something I think of now, but it's just a trap I fell into mm -hmm. and super prideful. And I would say, why do you get to live that life and then share in the blessings of my hard work? Mm. And it's like, wait a minute, mm. that is, and I struggled with that for so long. It's like, you didn't say no to the parties. You didn't say no to the drugs. You didn't say no to the are you up text at 2 a.m.? And it's like, why do you get to reap the benefits of the hard work I put into my life? Because I didn't do any of that crap. Mm. I still made mistakes. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm the furthest, I'll be the first person to tell you that I am the furthest thing from perfect. I'm nowhere close. There's 8 billion people in the world. I'm telling you I'm near the bottom. And I'm not just saying that. But I had this mentality of, I, like I said, I worked my ass off. Why do you get to live this life with me and it's like what do you bring to the table and that was such like this big airhead ego that I didn't even realize I had because I just looked at the products of my own life and then it's like okay well how do you defeat that right easy answer is go to God yeah right mm -hmm. super easy answer but we're as humans we're just inclined to be curious and when we have the answer right away, it takes away the journey that gets to the answer. So just saying, like, go to God, absolutely. Like, I'm not saying don't go to God. But sit there and think about, like, okay, I, I know I need to go to God with this because it's on my heart and it's something I'm struggling with. Mm -hmm. That's, like, you know, irrefutable. But why would I just sit here and think that you get to enjoy my blessings. My blessings. And then that's the ego trip where it's like, why do I think I'm better than you? Yeah. It's like, why are you so high-minded that you can't find five blessings or two or three in this person who's in your life? Things that you didn't have existing in your life that they brought mm -hmm. and you're so focused on their past and their decisions and you get this mentality of, you don't deserve me. Mm -hmm. Like, let's be honest. That's what we're saying. That you don't see, hey, you know what? I've dated, let's say, 20 girls in my life. I've never had someone love me the way you love me. I don't see that because I'm so focused on guy number four, five, six, seven that you slept with that I get in my head and the male ego comes alive. And I'm like, why are you guys sharing these blessings of, the, of my hard work? And it's like, okay, but what have you done that they haven't? Because we all sin differently. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Because like, what you think isn't bad that you did to the extreme of what they did, yeah. right? 
but vice versa, flip flip the perspective on them, and maybe what they think they're doing isn't as bad as what you said you've you done, right? And it's like, okay, I never thought of it that mm. way. And then I just go back to who am I to judge? Yeah, who am I to judge when I'm when I'm just the man? I'm just here. I'm just here. Yeah. And, and then, we have so many judges in this world, mm-hmm. but what we don't have is enough witnesses. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, what do I need to do? Well, follow Christ. Yeah. Because that man was the most humble, humili- humiliating, or hum- humil- maybe what's the right word I'm looking for? Most humble guy. Most humble guy. Most humble guy. Yeah. Right? Um, and he didn't care who you were. Right? Yeah. He didn't care who you were. And he never thought himself better. When he knew he was on the inside, because he was like, well, now he knew. Dude, that's crazy. That's the crazy part, right? Like, he knew. He was like, I am the son of God, right? I have. <laughs> Literally. Like, he's like, I have all this power. He's like, I am him. I, I, am, I have all <laughs> this power. I can zap, you know, I can do whatever I want. He really could, right? Yeah. But he didn't. I've never thought of it that he way. He had the self-control. Yeah. And he was, he put himself into, like, that space where he's like, I'm not better than any of you. Mm. But you cross a line, and he'll he'll talk to you. He'll let you know, right? Yeah. It's like he'll let you know, and he won't let you know in like a disrespectful way. Every time he let every time he let somebody know, it was like a lesson. Mm. It was a teaching, mm. so that they can learn what they were doing. Let so they stop. Cook. So <laughs> they stop. Yeah, exactly. So they they learn how to stop. So they can see themselves for who they were really being. Yeah, right. And it's that like reflection. It's that mirror reflection of like where you see yourself good, but you're really bad mm. on that mirror. And I'm like. That's what Christ was trying to show all of us. Yeah. That the ego inside is like, okay, you may think you're the best, but you're not, dude. You're not. Look at the mirror. Look at the mirror. Look yeah. at the man in the mirror. Look at the, <laughs> man, look at the, look the mirror. man in the mirror and really look at like all the things you're doing. Yeah. Change it and then work from there. And just, it's not going to be perfect. It's not a straight arrow. It's going yeah. to go up and down. But it's the fact that you're trying and you're still doing it. And you're doing it, and you're committed. You may fall again. You go back up again. You may fall again. Yeah. You go back up again. But there's a pattern mm. that over time, it's just it's you're gonna you're gonna be thankful that you are trying. Mm. Where you look back and you'd be like, I'm. You're probably still not proud of the man you are, but you are proud of the man that you're trying to become. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like okay, and that's all. Like, trying to become that man. That's what you need. Yeah. And I, I never thought of it that way. Where it's like. God literally was, or Jesus literally was, like... Dude, he's going to be like, stick him, you yeah. know what I mean? He has, yeah. his, he has his two hands out with, like, two fingers from, like, what's that movie, like, a Pulp Fiction, I think. Yeah. He's, like, he's sticking the guns out, and he's just like, pew, pew, you know? Like, he literally he is like, <laughs> I am perfect. But he never went about it that way. Mm-hmm. And then, to go back to what we said, it's like, why on God's green earth am I thinking this way? Yeah. I'm not raising people from the dead. I'm not turning water into wine mm-hmm. it's probably a good thing i wasn't either fat slob on the corner yeah. just like nah. <laughs> uh, but i've never thought of it that way where it's like he used it as a lesson mm-hmm. and then you that's really where true humility comes in because if you know that you're in the right and then you can turn it into a teachable moment that doesn't come off as I'm right, or I know more about this than you, and I'm trying to teach you. God gets that pass. He's God, right? But extra humility comes in. It's like, okay, I know I'm right about this, but I need to find a way to use this to make this a lesson. Not only you learn in this relationship, but you should never stop chasing answers yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, just because you know you're right in something, okay, well, can you make it a lesson that you can both learn? Yes. That edifies God. Yes. That's what like the help that, and or I think you're that's just what thinking about what she needs to learn. Yeah, 
and now you're just you're just right back in the circle. You're shortcoming yourself again. Mm. Mm. I've, I've never like dude. You just turn on a light bulb. Okay, back. cool. I'm glad. <laughs> There's a dusty closet up there. No, right? dude. <laughs> my closet's light. my closet's always dusty. It always needs cleaning every week. I swear. <laughs> um, yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I wish that I had this maturity to and just repentance at those moments in my life when I was in that relationship to where I could think about this because I don't think that what would have happened would have happened. But here's what I'm going to tell you right now. What happened to you, it's going to help somebody else. Whether I hope you, so. No, I don't know, because, or should I say, it can help somebody else. Yeah. And my grandfather told me that. He was like, listen, what you have right now is a lesson that you could be able to teach somebody else in the future. Yeah. You don't know when, you don't know how, and you don't know why. Yeah. But it, it can happen. It may happen. Um, and personally, it has happened already. Mm. Personally, I'm talking to you, talking to other people who've gone through this, you know, talking to someone who's going through it now on the other side of the world, well, northern side of this country. It's like, oh, wow, I never saw it that way. Yeah. And it's like, I am helped. Like, it's nice to help somebody out. And it's like, okay, I'm, don't regret the mistakes that you make. Just learn from them. Don't Dude, regret the mistakes so that you make. That's so tough, too. Just learn know? from them. And to learn from them means to be honest with yourself. Yeah. And, um... As a man, that's just hard to do. Oh, dude, it, it's incredibly I, I, hard. I think I can only speak for a man, but as a man, yeah. it's hard to do. It really I, is. And I can bet it's just as hard as for as a woman yeah. in, in their side, you know, their perspective. Yeah, it's just as hard. So it's like, well, what can we do? We can try to we can work together and just yeah. try to improve. That's, you know, it's like like I say, if you're not advancing together, you're retreating together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that male ego is just so real. Yeah, and it's, it's like real, dude. The biggest reality kick needs to sometimes come from yourself mm -hmm. and it's scary sometimes because when you want to my hard part personally is like with my ego it's like okay I'm, I, I feel I personally feel like I'm pretty good at leveling it out sometimes but sometimes I feel like I do it too much where I'm like I'm not giving myself the chance to like I hold myself back sometimes where I'm like okay maybe I could have done something where what like I could have pushed myself forward to experience mm -hmm. a new challenge yeah. But because I felt like I wasn't worthy and or like my ego was too high, I put myself way farther down before. Mm. And it's like, okay, well, how do I do this balancing act? And I think that comes from the peers that are around you, yeah. around you and the people that you listen to. And so, that again, that comes from like reading the Bible and practicing and having um, godly men and women around you. Yeah. And they're because if they're willing to go to that same path, then you're gonna have you're gonna be able to get. A stronger answer with people that are going through the same trials and tribulations that mm. you are. Yeah. Because all you're doing is bouncing ideas around, bouncing problems and solutions around where you can be like, I tried this. And the person's like, well, I tried this. Did that work? No. Well, this didn't work. Okay. Well, what can we do now? Well, let's try this third option together. You know? Yeah. And um, uh, that's kind of my struggle right now with my ego is more of like, okay, when balancing it out and like making sure I'm not going too under too high with it, you know? Mm. Cause you need to have a little bit of, yeah. like you need like healthy, a health, like healthy pride. Yeah. Like pride, pride is, can lead to pride is ego, I guess. Yeah. Right. Pride is ego. Too much pride is ego. Yeah. And it's like, well, where's my healthy pride? Like, um, like yesterday when we, you know, I was up on the stage and I got to do, dude, I'm to tell you, you killed, I'm, you. Not, I'm not just saying that cause no. you're here. Like I actually meant to find you at the church oh, and okay. be like, dude, you just, I appreciate it. It was natural, bro. Like you were that. inviting. You're making me smile. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you killed that. So I appreciate that. But here's my thing, right? 
I'm I'm on like when I said it, I meant I was honored to be up on the stage. Mm. But coming off and getting the thanks and the gratitude, it feels good. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, I don't want the ego to kick in where I'm like, okay, mm. I got this in the bag. Next time yeah. I do it, I'm like, I'm like, okay, so I gotta make sure I keep myself humble and understand how long it took me to get this because it took a while. Like the day before, I was with Madeline for like four hours at her house with a Disney mic, with a Wii, <laughs> practicing all these things, and then this fake Rocky montage in my head of yeah. like, okay, what the heck do I say? And it's like I gotta remember that. Mm. Don't remember the man that was on the stage. Remember the man that like took the time to put the work in and the humility that he had to do yeah. to get up there. Yeah. And then with all the thanks that come in, don't be eager and be like, I got it. Be like, thank you so much because deep down you should appreciate the amount of work you did. And they might not see that, right? If the person's shaking my hand, or the yeah. guys are like, good job, or you know, you did a great job. You know, it's like, okay, thank you. They don't know what you did. Yeah. But don't use that against them. So say thank you so much. Thank you. That's it. You know, I, I kind of realized that too. Like, my version of that is, um, like, oh, sorry. No, you're good. Uh, <laughs> my version of that is anytime I'm in uniform, mm. off work. Because I get the classic. Uh, oh, I get it. Huh? Yeah, I get that. You get it. Right? Oh, I get it. Yeah. There's the, power in a uniform sometimes. Well, and it's just like the fact of I'm walking in a Publix to buy mm. something for dinner. And someone is like, thank you for your service. And I'm not going to speak for everyone in the military, but at least for me and like the, the guys I've talked to about this, dude, I'll be honest with you, like I hate hearing that. I do too. I'm actually very uncomfortable, and I have to thank my boy Aaron Garcia, HM2 type right now, up there in a, up in Yorktown. He gave me the best. I, I, you probably may have said it already, but thank you for your support. Yeah. It's like my response. But when I say it, I look at them in the eye, and I mean it. Yeah, absolutely. And I've gotten better to where it's like, they're looking at the uniform, right? Yeah. And maybe, maybe they are looking at me as a man. And I think that's where we have to understand, like, when someone actually says that, they know you're wearing the uniform, mm. and they're not looking at you because you're wearing the uniform. That's your self-reflection. You're mm. looking at yourself as the uniform. So when you hear them say that, all you're doing is guilty because you know how you're acting when you're wearing that uniform. Yeah. And that's why you don't like the, thank you for your service. But if you really look down, you'll be like, am I being the man in the uniform when I'm working and outside of Oof. work, yeah. then when you hear the thank you for your service, you can appreciate it and be like, thank you for your support because I really am trying to be this good man, mm. not this uniform. Ooh, right? yeah, that's and good. And so that's a ref that, that took time because I had that same look with the uniform, like yeah. wearing it out. And I still do. Uh, pff, dude, I'm not perfect. I still have the days where I'm like, this uniform is looking good, <laughs> I'm looking dude. Fly. I'm looking fly right now. But then I'll come back and be like, hey, JP, come on, man. Like, yeah, it's absolutely. just the uniform. The uniform doesn't make a man. The man makes the uniform, mm, right? Yeah. And so. Well, for me, a hard part, too, was I haven't done anything. Yeah, well, that's the other big thing. Are you proud of what you've done within the work, that yeah. within the uniform that you're wearing, in right? In my mind, it's like I have lived in this environment where I've, like, dude, I, I look at people who that gate dropped mm. at Normandy, mm. and you're an 18-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. And you lied about how old you were to be there because to you back then, it was such an honor to run into bullets yeah, for a war that you didn't fully understand because you're 18, but it was an honor to join the body floating in the water next to you mm -hmm. for your country. And especially when veterans are like, thank you for your service. It's like, I look at you and I go, dude, you 
deserve the thanks. Yeah, the, the guy I wearing the World War the guy wearing the World shit. War Two hat. Yeah, and he's thanking me. I'm like, brother, I am nowhere near yeah. the amount of work and sacrifice that you had to put down the line because there's, I have it easy now because of you. Yeah, absolutely. And there's this cute little story where uh, it was like this photograph of this little girl, probably like four or five, mm. and she walks up to a World War Two veteran mm. and. Um, it was like after he had just like spoken at their school or something and you know just kids being inquisitive she's like would you do it again and he leans over and he looks at her and he's like for you I would oh I've seen that I know exactly what dude that made me tear up yeah that like made me break Mm. right because it's like those are the guys that I look at and I'm like brother I'm just wearing something that was stitched in this pattern with this Mm. color and that's what they chose is what I needed to wear you have done things that you deserve. Th- and I understand, like, from an outside perspective, it's like there is a willingness being in the military that you know what you're sacrificing, right? Because there's certain things I can't say. There's certain things I can't do. Mm-hmm. You have to live your life a certain way. Um, it's not it, a sacrifice. It's very controlled, yeah. right? And I understand that they're saying, like, thank you for being willing to do that. But then I also, that's where, like, I really have to curb myself and be like, well, what do you do? Oh, well, I'm a nurse. Well, thank you for what you do. Yeah, You know what? I couldn't be a nurse. Yeah. I could not just walk in, see someone dying, and like I had to do A, B, C, and D. Oh, we lost them. Okay, well, there's another patient right next door. You have no time to process mm-hmm. this in your mind. Yeah, you got to go to the next I one. I couldn't do that. It's like, well, what do you do? I'm a teacher. Oh, I'm a bricklayer. I'm a construction guy. It's like, well, you, you might have built my house. Who am I to be like, you know what? You're welcome for my service. Mm-hmm. It's like, get the hell yeah. out of here with that. No it's way. like every single person contributes something to the society that is necessary. And unless you like literally do nothing, right? And I'm not saying you have a health issue where you can't work or you have some type of impediment that stops you from mm-hmm. you know, bringing something to society. Yeah. I'm saying like outside of wearing a flag on your shoulder or carrying a gun or you know, being able to wrap a hose and wrap a ladder. It's like you provide something to society and you chose this path in life because God, if you're religious, or yourself looked in the mirror and said, I feel needed in this aspect of my life. And it fulfills me, like we were talking about, to do this work. So it's like, that's why I always, I don't I want to say hate, but I've never liked hearing thank you for your service because regardless of what you do, you are needed. And you should be thanked. Like, When's the last time someone said, what do you do? Oh, well, I mowed lawns. Well, thanks for what you do, man. Like, bro, if I mowed lawns and someone was like, oh, thanks for doing that. Like, mm-hmm. you you make our houses look nice. You pay taxes. You have a job and you're trying to be a better father, be a better man, or provide for someone. And you're doing this because it fulfills you and that brings you peace. Like, thank you for doing that. Bro, I'd be ecstatic if someone walked into that little ice cream store mm. And not because I rolled ice cream, but they're like, this is a struggling college kid. You know, thanks for doing what you do, just serving me this. Like, you know, your life probably isn't easy being 22 working here. I would have been like, oh my goodness, I feel more welcomed and grateful for that one little comment than I ever have walking around just coming out of a jet Mm -hmm. or walking into Publix. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's like those little... Those little moments are the things that we need. I think we need more of. Well, what I like to look at is like you know how like uh, 
there's a purpose for all of us. Yeah, absolutely. So if you can understand that there's a purpose for somebody else, like that's how, that's strong right there. Yeah. Just the, the, they have a purpose. Mm. And that was God's decision. Yeah. So it's like, okay, honor that. Yeah. Honor that. And even like walking up yesterday, it's like, oh, dude, thanks for going up there and, and speaking in front of the church. Dude, I was so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't tell. You were, like, seriously, it was like, it was just, it came very natural yeah. to you. I'm not just saying that. But someone needs to do it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's like someone needs to sweep the pews. Mm -hmm. Maybe God didn't call you to be the one reading out the book, but he called you to serve the church and, and yeah. that. And like Alex Rossi, dude, sh shout out Alex. Yo, Alex be working. Is one of the most humble, like, God has blessed his life and his mind with so much knowledge. Mm -hmm. But I also think God told him, it's either not your time yet, or this is not how I want you to be fulfilled. Yeah. Because when tables need to be brought out, and chairs need to be set up, and the church needs to be swept, and the flags outside the church that, you know, say, hey, we have these service times, and you come in, and it's 103 degrees in Florida, and with contrast humidity, he doesn't complain, he doesn't say anything, he walks out there with mm -hmm. a smile on, and he brings it in. Yeah. And it's like... Thank you for your service for that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't want to walk out in jeans and boots mm -hmm. in the heat and walk down the road and pull down flags. Yeah. So someone's got to. Mm -hmm. And it's like, thank you for doing that. And I think if we had more of that. Just the more, that mindset. Yeah. Like, I, more people with that mindset. I really need to work on personally. Is like, I think we all have to work on it. Oh, yeah. But you know, everyone's in that different range. But having as long that as you can appreciation be, yeah. for just finding a fulfillment that makes you happy. And you see that it not only makes them happy, but contributes something to mm -hmm. America, our society. Hey, thanks for doing that. Yeah. And it, you don't need a flag on your shoulder to be thanked for what you do. You don't need to go through training or all this. It's like, that's not a requirement to be a good person. Just have a heart. It just, <laughs> <laughs> just have a heart. <laughs> it just have a servant's heart. Yeah. And it's like excellence ought to be an act, not a habit. And if you make that your life and you're doing something that makes you excel and happy, dude, thank you for what you mm -hmm. do. I think a lot of that would break down all this division oh, and yeah, crap this, yeah. in our country. Well, I think it's because people are selfish at the same time. Yeah. It's like if you're, if, you're at, if you're reading the word and you're following God, I think you have an easier ability to understand that, okay, that's my ego, and then you put that down. I'm being selfish, and you put that down. Where if you don't, you're just like, you just filled it. You're just filled up with that, that ego selfishness. Yeah. You're just filled up with it, and you don't, you're blinded. So you are, you're blinded, and you're just like, oh, my way's the right way. Yeah. My way's the right way. That's the right way. Let's go do it. And then you put yourself around those type of people, because they make you feel good, and yeah. it just it just grows more and more. Dude, I saw this really great interview with uh, Morgan Freeman, mm. and he, like he's probably in his 80s now. It's like he lived through... Um, like the 60s and when America wasn't fully content with equality, right? And the interviewer is like this guy and he says, you know, do you appreciate Black History Month? And he's like, I don't care about Black History Month. And the dude's like, what? And he's like, you know, as a black man, doesn't that mean something to you? And he's like, there's your problem right there. He's like, why don't you stop referring to me as a black man? I'll stop referring to you as a white man. And we can just talk as people as Americans. They just put themselves in a box when you do that. They do. Yeah. And I love that because I was like, you know, not only is he awesome, yeah. great actor, great he, he probably lived through some crap in his life. Mm -hmm. but he's like, if we can just see each other for who we are instead mm -hmm. of what's on our skin or what we do and just find appreciation for who you are as a person. Yeah. If, if, if being a teacher fulfills you, you know what? I couldn't deal with kids all day. 
know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I feel like teachers are underpaid. Okay, but you know what? Despite that and all the politics behind it, you know what? Thank you for what you do. I couldn't do it. My mom works with special ed, uh, special needs um, kids. Mm-hmm. And it's like, she has all this pride that, you know, her son's in the Air Force and he flies. And I'm like, Mom, you deal with patience yeah. and levels of patience and then not only deal with that but you have to find a way to give them hope in a world that isn't set and built for kids like that to have big dreams and you do that and i was like do not be proud of me be proud of yourself like find some love and that's the other for yourself that's the other thing it's like a comparison is a curse and like it's a thief of joy it's a thief of joy and like you're like granted your mom loves you and that's why she's prideful yeah, right because she's your mom right yeah. she should have that but at the same time it's like well, it may be hard for her to divide or like look between two different viewpoints, perspective where it's like one is to be proud of your son. The other one's to compare yourself to your son and be like, or, or put yourself, put your son in a pedestal mm. where now you feel like you're not, you're not, you're, what you're doing is just what you're doing. Yeah. Cause you're like, Oh my son's doing that is so much better. And I'm like, no, it's not better. It's just different. Yeah. It's not better. It's different. Dude. The pedestal thing is a really great analogy. Cause I always thought of it as if I put you up on a pedestal mm. When you mess up and you fall, you now fall a lot further distance. Yeah. And when you hit the ground, it's going to hurt a mm-hmm. lot more because I was the one who lifted yeah. you up because in a place that you didn't deserve And to it's be. because I allowed, and by you doing that, I, and if I allowed you to do that, right? Like I, when I say allowed, I allowed myself to look at the, the pedestal because you, mm-hmm. you're keeping, like if you did give me this pedestal outlook, right? And you kept supporting me and like really, really deep, 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 like I'm probably putting a good amount of value into that yeah. as well. So it's like, okay, am I valuing myself? Or am I valuing what he's telling me? Yeah. And same thing, if you're valuing me for being on a pedestal, if I drop, it only hurts you too. Yeah, you're going to fall on me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that just, that idea, and we can, there, there's so, I mean, this, this really <laughs> should be an overnight thing because there's so many things we could talk about and I don't want to eat up. No, you're good, dude. This time. is fun. Um, but I don't just, wait, I'm, I'm no, eating up your time. Brother, I got all night. <laughs> Um, just the idea of self-love. Yeah. And that's been a really hard thing for me to grasp too. And I, I know I said this already, but I heard another quote that absolutely broke me. And it said, if you were to list off all the things in the world that you love, Mm. how many things would you list before you named yourself? And that hit me like a train. Cause I was like, man, I'd put like living on the ocean and go and go sit on the beach yeah. or food or relationships or the fact that like I personally for me that man found a way for us to fly or whatever and I'm like I start listing up all these things in my head and I'm like where am I on this list why is it that I can put the love I have for something I have no part of something that I just take mm-hmm. And yet I pour, I try to pour all this energy into myself and try to become a better man and a better person. And I don't have the appreciation for myself to list myself as something that I love. I think... And not love to the point of like, I love myself so much because then you get the whole pride, yeah. ego thing. But just like genuine love for yeah. yourself and how far you've come. Because mm-hmm. it's like, do you think you're different not only where a year ago or five years ago? It's like, have some love for where you are. I think what um, 
what can help with that is writing. Mm. And yeah, you've told me about that before. And do- like documenting like the things that you've done that make you happy yeah. and make you fulfilled, make you feel a little bit fulfilled. Well, obviously, reading is like the biggest thing. Reading scripture, that's going to be like your your source for water, right? Mm. He's he's the source of water. Yeah. And so, but but that should start. That's like the initial. That's like the the ignite, the ignition, and you use that and you practice it on the outside. So, like me personally, I love sitting like we did the other day. Like we sat on the beach and we just read. Yeah. Like I genuinely do that on my own. Like I genuinely love to just read, go on the beach, just read, do me, have me time, reflect, do that, go for long runs. That's another way of like clarity where I can just be myself. I don't have to rely on anybody for anything. If I want to just read a book at home, if I want to do a little bit of wood shop, right? Mm. Or I don't do wood shop, but if I wanted to do some wood shop or something, right? Or when I go to the gym, right? Or when I work out and I'm just like having my me time. If I'm doing a drive on my own and just enjoying the music or listening to the gospel or a preacher while I'm driving, meet my me time, right? Yeah. And then instead of trying to change your way when you're around other people, keep that, keep the things that you love with the other people that you're meeting with and that will help you find the people that are right for you. Yeah. And I think that's another thing where it's like, okay, that's the challenge. I think that's one of the big tribulations that God puts out on top of us is like having people around us that we think are for us and are against us. Mm. And that can be a fight with self-worth as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a big one because some people some people put self-worth on by others, right? By others, yeah. Um, I know I did. And um, it took me a while to get out of that. Um, the other thing is, you know, again, your actions. That's another thing when you put yourself worth. It's like, why do I keep doing the things that I'm doing? Well, I'm not putting the boundaries and the restrictions that I need to put on myself. Mm. Why? Because I feel like I'm going to miss out on something, most likely. Yeah. I've done this deep now. Well, why do I feel like I'm missing out on stuff? Well, because I feel like I've always missed out when I was younger. Why do I feel like when I missed out when I was younger? Well, because I didn't live a normal household. What's a normal? Why am I thinking this is a normal household when there's no such thing as normal? Mm. Right? Everyone's living their own lives. Yeah, and once I you, once you can, no such thing as normal. It's not just thinking, we're all just trying to live a world of normal, and we've made a structure that America has has made a structure of what is normal. You know, we the people, the Declaration, all that, and then we've created a structure of civilization. And if you look all that away and just focus back on the Bible and just focus on that right there, that's going to be your answer because it says obeys the laws of you know where you're at, right? And it's like, okay, well, obey the laws where you're at, but also obey the laws of God, right? And if they contradict, then it's probably wrong. It is wrong, right? Because yeah. then you, you always want to follow back to the book as you're, as you're steadfast. Um, and so back to self-love is we're all just trying to live. Yeah. And we're all just trying to figure things out. Yeah. Stop trying to figure things out. Just, like, be present, live in the moment. And that sounds cliche too. Yeah. Live, in the, live in the moment, bro. Live, laugh, love. Live, laugh, love, <laughs> yeah. bro. You know, eat, eat pray, love. <laughs> eat, <laughs> you pray, <know>? love. <laughs> yeah. No, but just enjoy the time you have now. Enjoy yeah. the people. Enjoy the conversations that you have with yeah. people, right? Really take it in. Don't just be passive. And that's hard to do too, because passive is easy. Yeah. Uh, it's an escape code. Uh, but by being passive, I feel like you're also letting yourself miss the opportunity to challenge the fears that you have in your life. Mm. Because those fears are really what's scaring you. Like if I'm, you're having, like if you and I are having another deep conversation, and you ask me a question that maybe I felt uncomfortable, so I become passive or I die, I move away. I just lost the opportunity to grow with you right there, mm. because I was afraid. 
right? Where I could have been like, hey, you know, that's a very uncomfortable question, but I would like to answer that. So just understand that, don't judge me by this, right? And, yeah. and I, I know you, you'd be like, dude, bro, get the heck out of here, yeah, bro, right? Absolutely. Exactly, right? So, but it's, it's communicating that. And I think a lot of people have trouble communicating too, especially in this day and age where social media is like a five second oh, turnaround. Yeah. And so, which is why I think it's also coming harder and harder. And then the time of times. It's yeah, yeah, times. <laughs> well, it's like you know, we didn't really, we didn't choose to be born. Yeah, that's it, yeah. we didn't choose to be here, but we can choose how good it is this day. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, we get to choose how we want to live it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a, I'm a firm believer that the situations we're born into absolutely can dictate our lives mm. and make it harder. Yeah, but it doesn't make it impossible. And it doesn't mean it's not as worthy as someone else's life. Yeah. It doesn't mean that what you're you going through this harder thing is any less or more than someone else. Yeah. Again. And dude, oh man, bro, like hard is hard. And that was such a struggle for me in my life because I've had so many things that just absolutely tore me down. And then when someone else and we talked about this on the beach, when someone else comes to me and is like, Man, I'm really struggling with this in the back of my mind, I'm like, that is the easiest thing in the entire world. Like, why is this hard for you? Mm. And it's like, hard is hard, no matter who you are. Mm. And what's a really simple solution for you might be a simple solution or a hard thing for me to come to. And something that really got me through like that five, six month period where a lot of things happened was there are so many times throughout the day, man, where when it started to overwhelm me, I'd kind of sit back and be like, it's, it's kind of dark, but oh, yeah. just kind of think someone lost their daughter today. Mm. Someone buried their father today or someone kissed their wife goodbye and then the cops showed up on their front porch at 7 p.m. So do I have a right to complain? Well, yeah, I mean, it's hard as hard, but... Is someone else really going through it in a way that you couldn't even understand? And it's like, yeah. And so a lot of it, I didn't want to fail through those hardships because in my mind, it was almost like I have to make it worth it for the guy who lost his daughter today. Because if he breaks, someone can has to be there unbroken. Hmm. And a lot of those times, it was if I break myself i'm not saying it's bad to break everyone needs that release and you should have a healthy like i i generally can't remember the last time i cried and like that's something i really try and work on because it's like everyone needs a release and there's no like men aren't emotional no humans are emotional and men are humans mm. and everyone needs to have a level of emotion um but setting aside that fact of like you need to have times where it's okay to break and it's okay to just sit there and be like god this sucks right but i think there's also times too where it's like if i don't do this and make it through this what does that say to the guy who's hoping that i can the, the guy who lost his daughter who's hoping that when i step into that plane i can compartmentalize and do my job and maybe do just one small thing that somehow impacts the life that his son has, mm. right? And I remember in college, we had this lieutenant colonel. Her name was Colonel Big Mountain. 
one of the most just inquisitive and intelligent people I've ever met. And we were running on the track, and it was me and my buddy. We were running for PT one morning, and um, she came up next to us while we were jogging, and uh, she was like, why are you out here? And we were like, because we have to be. You know what I mean? Like, what kind of car? It's like, yeah. it's, it's six in the morning. What do mm-hmm. you mean, why am I out here? It's in the middle of December in Arizona. I'm freezing. I'm wearing shorts that are far too high to be fashionable by any standard. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, why are you out here? And we were kind of just dumb college kids. And like I said, we go, uh, you know, because we have to be. And um, like, because we're told to. And... Some, it wasn't something God placed in my heart he's like well, ask her like who says he can't yeah right exactly. and so I remember I was like well Carl Big Man why are you out here like why do you do this like you're an 05 you could sit in your office all day do nothing and get paid a nice paycheck mm-hmm. and kind of just rain from above like a lot of people in the military in those positions do right and you know, I'm not here to... No, you're good. You know, jump oh, on them. I've seen them. <laughs> but they're, they're there. They're there. We all know it, you know. <laughs> um, and she goes, because I've met a lot of kids who wish that they could be in the military and they can't because of something. And she's like, every lap I do is for those kids who can't be in your position right now running. And I was like, oh my God. Like, mm. I was not ready for that at six in the morning on a Tuesday morning in December. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I had never thought about it that way. And then to see someone in leadership who has the ability to communicate and think that way about people who are so far underneath her. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, I've met so many kids who see me in a flight suit because she was also a pilot. And she's like, and and the kids go, oh man, like when I grow up, I want to be like you. But they don't realize that they have you know, type 2 diabetes or Down syndrome mm-hmm. or an accelerated level of autism or something like that. And she goes, I've met so many families and kids like that who look at me with that same hope that I had at their age in their eyes and they have no idea they don't get to do this. And so she's like, for me, I run these laps for every kid who can't because I'm blessed enough to be here and do it and someone needs to do this because they they want to and they can't yeah you want to and or you do it because you have to they they want to do it because they want to and i was like man she put you in your place you were like oh in my place i was like i kind of just like started picking up the pace yeah you you know know motivation I mean? like who's gonna carry the boats so that she was running with a purpose absolutely she had a purpose she gave what she gave that run a meaning yeah. And a beautiful meaning. That's, uh, oh, that's, an incredibly beautiful meaning. And um, I think that's another big thing is, it, and it says it in scripture, like live life with, with meaning. Yeah, with purpose. With purpose. And I think if we can do that in our everyday lives. just Oh, even with the smallest things. The smallest things, washing a dish. I, even washing a dish, like giving it with a purpose, like understanding yeah. why you're washing this dish, right? I mean, that's kind of like, it could be like, this is for my sanity. This is so I can, you know, rotate clean. Or it can be like, I have family coming. This is this is, this is a purpose. Or going out. Yeah. Um doing the greeting is outside church like this there's a purpose behind that right yeah. that new person that's coming on in that's afraid and nervous and coming in and doesn't know anybody but you're you're the big smile like is the handshake and yeah let's know that they're loved and they're, they're welcoming you and you we wanted you to succeed and you know have the faith and come in like and that person that person may do something that you may never even know yeah right and we all everything has a purpose his first impressions are so crucial oh they are they they really are, they are. and 
Dude, I, you really opened my eyes about what you said about the man in the uniform, mm. not the uniform himself, because it's like, what type of impressions do you make when no one's watching? Yeah. When you don't think anyone's watching. And that's when it really matters. It's, it's, it really it's matters. who you are when no one's around. Yeah. Because that's the real you. And you can't. You can, you can fake, you can lie, you can, you can act in front you, of everybody, but the person that you are by yourself. Yeah. You got to live with that person. Yeah. You got to find a way to be okay with them. Mm-hmm. And that facade only goes on for so yeah. long. You can't hate yourself in the mirror and then walk out and be like, oh man, I'm doing great. I yeah. love myself. It's like, no, it, it's okay. You actually will have a false reality if you do that, yeah. where the people that are around you, you think are good. They're actually the person that's by, by the, they're mm-hmm. the person that you are when you're by yourself. Yeah. And uh, that's only because you're choosing to live in yeah. a false reality, mm-hmm. and so it's like, so okay, so what else is a false reality yeah. in your life on top of that? Mm-hmm. What are you telling yourself is great that isn't, or that's bad and is actually good for you? Yeah, and that's why it's like, I'll when I meet people who, who say, um, "Oh, I don't work out at all. I just don't like it." That always blows my mind. I don't get that because <laughs> it's like, no one's saying you have to. Yeah. Be like Arnold and look like him. Well, the other thing I like to go, I don't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. Who said you have to like it? Yeah, brother, that's that's a fact. Who said you have to like, I don't like running. Yeah. I, I truly, I don't. No one likes running, let's be honest. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I, I, I might tell you people like, oh, I love running. That's a beautiful yeah. thing. I, I love the clarity that I get from running. Absolutely, yeah. I love the way it makes me feel after I'm done with yeah. it. I love the fitness that I'm having about it. And at the end, I notice that it just motivates me to push on further for yeah. something else. So do I love running? No, but why do I? But there's a purpose behind the running. Yeah. Right? And so if someone's like, I don't like doing it, I'm like, who said you have to like running? You don't have to it? like everything you do, yeah. but if you can like the purpose behind it. Mm. I have to give purpose and meaning. Yeah, it really is. Purpose and meaning. If you can give stuff purpose and meaning, you will be able to do anything. And even like, you know, this is something that I think everyone should try and do is, okay, is there something hard in your life that's happening? Mm. Okay, does it suck? Sure. Can you find a purpose to it? Okay, you can. Then strive for that purpose. Cause it, like I said, the whole job thing. My 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 goal wasn't to work at a bar, construction, an ice yeah. cream shop, in a country club, the rest of my life. It was a means to an end, right? And now, it's like I became a pilot and I love it. But now it's like, okay, what's my next purpose? Because if I just if you just reach the top. And you stop, you know, trying to climb or find the next mountain to climb. It's like you will live on the mountaintop that you set aside the rest mm-hmm. of your life if you stop trying to climb up a higher mountain. So what I like to look at when in that way, uh, for me personally, like what I'm doing right now is like like I'm a clinical function advisor in the military uh, with DHA. I have a podcast. I do fellowship. Right. Mm-hmm. I work out. It sounds great, and it is great, and um. Great relationship. Right. Great, great relationship that, that I have right now. And to be honest, it's like I don't put that and any of those things in a pedestal. Any mm-hmm. of them. Any of them. They're just there personally. And it took me a while to understand that. And it's only because I'm reading and writing and, and doing that as a habit. But I realize that it's more about people yeah. than the actual title. It's about people. Everything's about people. Yeah. And when you can have deep connections with people, you realize that the path that you're going to have is going to be a wild one that you're not going to understand. Yeah. And that's the ride you want to ride because that's going to be the one that's most fulfilling. And that's the one that God wants you to have because you get to touch so many people's lives with the things that you get to do. 
you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know the stories that you're going to create. You don't know the stories that you're going to have on the on the back on your backpack. The people, the the tribulations that you're going to mm-hmm. be able, your testimonies that you're going to be able to grow over time. Because yeah. you're going to have multiple testimonies. Absolutely. The, the testimony I have now is going not going to be the same one. I you know twenty years from now, I'm probably gonna, yeah. it's going to add on. And through those add-ons, it's going to be able to touch more lives. And yeah. to touch more lives, I have to meet new people. And it's like it's more about the people that you meet. Granted, I love what I do. I, I want to stay where I'm at, right? But I know it's not forever. Yeah. Nothing's forever. Nothing And is. so if I can be okay with letting the things go at the right time, and that's the only thing is when is it right? You don't really know. You can All you can do is pray. Because, yeah. you know, you're not going to be a pilot forever. No. Right? So take and what you have. I ha- don't want to be. Yeah. But take the time that you have with it and, and honor it and, yeah. you know, be happy with it and 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 the people that you meet in your lives, like connect with them. Cause that's, what's going to stay longer is the connections that you'll have yeah. rather than the career. And so when you were saying earlier, like the, you know, the person that's a, you know, you've, got, you've seen people who put their job as their title. Right. Yeah. And it's like, there's, there's more to that in life. Cause when that's gone, what are you going to, you're going to, you're going to be like, who am I? Yeah. You have this, you know, midlife crisis is what they call it. Or quarter life crisis, you know. Well, you know, you walk to a graveyard uh, or a cemetery, mm. and you read all these headstones, and it's gonna say, "Beloved mother, yeah, great father, mm-hmm. best friend, um, person who gave something to everyone." Mm-hmm. Right? It's not gonna say pilot. Yeah. <laughs> it's not gonna say works. For, you know, for the DHA. Yeah. It's not gonna say F twenty two. Uh, driver mm-hmm. or construction no, no. worker. It, it's the things that people remember are the actions that we lived in our life. Mm-hmm. And so what do you want on your gravestone? It's like if you knew it was coming tomorrow, what would you want to be the first things on that mm-hmm. tombstone? Yeah. Would you want great father? Okay, so now you just found your purpose. Or now you found meaning. And it, it's... it's uh, dichotomous right because you can't have one without the other so purpose is meaning and meaning gives you purpose so mm-hmm. okay i want to be a dad like for me personally i want to be a dad same i want all i want the dirty diapers yeah and um, i know i say I, that now I, well the thing is we we want to live through it we want to experience yeah. it and we know it's not going to be fun we know it's going to suck, but we know that at the after the after. aftermarket it's going to be fulfilling it's going to be like wow i did that and i can help somebody else yeah we talked about this on the beach was i i look forward to playing catch with my son for the first time Mm. than i do graduating pot training Mm. because one already happens and i was like it was a great feeling right like i i'd reached a new mountain yeah right but knowing how good that felt is still in my mind nothing compared to finding someone that is a hundred percent when I'm a hundred percent that God's blessed. Yeah. And it's just love is poured over it. And we have a child together and we see him grow and we see him deal with bullies at school. And you see all the shoe sizes go up from those little, you know, those little boots that they wear. You got a vision. All the way up to size 13s. And it's like that thought and seeing that to me is so much more fulfilling yeah. than it's like what I get paid for. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like being a father is gonna be one of the best, be the most be, rewarding, be the most rewarding, yeah, exactly. experience you can be, especially when you do it right. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of deadbeat dads. Yeah, you won't know. 
And that's you're never ready for kids. You never know. You really aren't. Yeah. It, you're you're ready for kids when you have a kid, and it's like, okay, you gotta do. You can get the nursery ready. You can have every nice Amazon wish list yeah. stroller that you want. But when that baby comes, is when it's like, okay, it's go time. And you might think you're doing everything right, and it's like you're not. Well, the thing is, like everyone's circumstances are different. Where yeah. you may be in life is completely different than someone else. And when they have a child and you have a child, you guys are both going through different, different outside things that are happening in your life. Yeah. You know, like how you're saying you, your your sister was going through uh, the brain tumor, yeah. right? And your mom was going through breast cancer. You know, your dad had an accident, and you know, if you have a kid during that time, like, what do you? Do? Yeah. See what I'm saying? Oh, so like, I've... see what I'm saying? So it's like. No one's going to have the same life. No, but it's just the so, thought yeah. of even during all that crap that I would still want that. It's like, okay, there's your meaning. Mm. Now, can you find a correlation to fulfilling that purpose God's way? Then you just went from a situation in your life where you found a purpose to an actual blessing. Yeah. Right? Because you can have a kid and you can raise them and you can do all that. And that's great. You found your purpose in life. You became a father. But you find the right woman or the right man, and you have a child, and you do the exact same thing that that other person did, but they grow up in God, and you serve God through mm -hmm. that child. And that child serves God through you. you one is a blessing, literally, a, a, a person, I think, a literal blessing from God, and the other one is a situation where... As a whole... Yeah. As that whole. That's why I say it. As it's that like, what do you want your tombstone to say? Mm. Okay. Well, whatever it is, that's what you should drive for. Mm. Now, that, that doesn't mean like, I want to be a father. So let me just run over to AJ's <laughs> and find the first willing. <laughs> you know I mean? And find the first willing girl. Tomorrow's the day. Tomorrow's, <laughs> Tomorrow's the, day. the day. It happens. You know, mark the calendar. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying by any means. But... Just like how you had a purpose in your life no. and a drive, it, you didn't get it the next day mm -mm. I was or nine look, months after. I wasn't even looking for it. It just, you knew what you wanted and it was like, there's going to be 30 steps to get there and maybe I you know, hit 30 and there's another 30. Mm. But it's the chase of the purpose is what brings the fulfillment of the journey. Yeah, I think that's the big thing. It's just always being a... Understanding you have to chase, yeah. like, and not like not like chase a person, like chase the chase the goal, chase that like dream. Know that there's you're always growing, mm. right? You know that you're always growing. There's always a change, so don't stay stagnant. Yeah, keep learning, keep trying, yeah, keep doing, absolutely. and you know. fail. Yeah, fail. Oh, that's another big and thing. Yeah, like dude, you gotta fail. If fear over like consumes your life so much, where you're afraid to fail, okay. you are gonna be in the exact same place you were a year ago, mm -hmm. five years ago, mm -hmm. because. You are going to fail to succeed. Yeah, and you got it. Yeah, because you—that's the—that's where the lessons are at. That's yeah, where they, the knowledge is right behind there, right after it. Sorry, the knowledge is right after that. What was it like? Uh, Walt Disney was kicked out of um, college or something because yeah. they said his ideas weren't creative enough, mm -hmm. and the Beatles didn't have an original sound, and all these stories. You know, Michael Jordan was kicked off his high school basketball team. Yeah, and it's like. They, they, did you ever see this thing where they broke it down and like how much he makes a minute and a second? <laughs> Bro, Michael Jordan's making like 38 bucks a second. And it's like he was kicked off his high school basketball team because he wasn't good enough. And now people who don't even play basketball or play as good as I do, which is not good, <laughs> spend $300 on a pair of his shoes. That's nuts. 
$20 for shoes. But yeah, no, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? No, I do. I, I hear exactly what you're saying. It's like, you're going to fail. You should fail. And honestly, it's a kind of a weird concept, but you should be excited to fail. Because you should be looking forward to You should you. be looking forward to the learning that you get from failing. Because then, you know how, how, how I look at it as like, if I can be like, oh, if I just keep failing and just learning, I don't have to go to the next thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the dark side to looking at it. Yeah, I'm just going to keep failing. Yeah. Right? Like, I want the lesson. But then it's like, okay, now i got to utilize the lesson so that I can go to the next step. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, man. We didn't even get to the seer stuff. That's right, man. That's so good. <laughs> you know what's funny? It's like, that was the one thing you're like, yeah, man, I just want to see, you know, what it was like for you yeah. in the woods. Yeah. And it's like, that hasn't been the topic of conversation. And that's, that's why I love it. And we could do, we could go for another four yeah. hours, we, no problem. Mm. Just pick a topic. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do it again. We'll do another one. Um, oh, my goal 20 is, days. My goal is to get like another mic before you leave. Mm. Right. And we can get Mark in here. Mark would be a good addition. Anthony, sure. anybody who wants to get on the if they're comfortable being on the mic, like mm. get on the mic. You know what I mean? And then just have deep conversations. But I'm glad you're on, dude. I appreciate it. You made it, me, you man. made the cut. <laughs> long, <laughs> long list. Yeah, dude. Well, I'm actually curious where are some of the things you wrote down. Um, I wrote nothing down, as you can see. Oh, but uh I don't write anything down. No, not during, but I mean like to so like to like to ask when you showed up. Yeah, here. Blink. Oh really? Yeah, dude. Oh, I don't write anything. I love it. Yeah, I love dude. It. It's all raw. It's just we go through it. I maybe cut. Maybe like with Trey. Like so, the last podcast I did with Trey, it almost fell into this time. But we had a lot of fillers. Like I noticed we were like we had like black like uh, quiet periods in between. There was dog was in the way, so I had to like cut a lot of things. And um, we got into this topic in regards to um, like uh, the stories in the Old Testament. Mm. And we were trying to, we were talking about like what we liked about the Old Testament, what was really, what we enjoyed about it. And I didn't realize, I haven't read all through the Old Testament yet. I'm still reading through them. And reading back, like listening back to it, I wasn't comfortable with the things that I was saying. Cause I was like, I feel like I'm talking out of my ass more than anything. Yeah. And I was like, uh, this isn't going on to the podcast. Like I'm <laughs> cut off. So I had, a, I took a you good chunk out. Off. I did. I was like, I'm not going to lie and make a, you know, do all that. And I was like, why? And then I asked myself, why was I doing that? And I was like, I'm just trying to impress. And I was mm. like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So it was a humbling moment. What were y'all talking about? I'm curious. As far as, so we were talking about like, okay, why, why, what story do you like the most and why? And so like, I, I did say Exodus because I like Moses' story, mm. but I like more of uh, when God had pulled him out, right? And he, he takes him, you know, not pulled him out, but God like shows him the, the burning bush, right? And yeah. he gets there and he's like, well, you know, what do I, what, what do I, what do I tell everybody? You know, like when, when they, when they challenge me, right? And stuff like that. And uh, my favorite line that he says is like, I am who I am. Mm. And that some for some reason that line has been st- has been sticking to me for the past three months. Really, like hard. I am who I am. I'm like, okay, well, I'm just gonna stay there. And I wrote it down like four times, like on this book right here. I was like, it's in there. Like, just I in terms of like what he tells them is just yeah. This this is what it is. Yeah, and it's just like okay, like mm-hmm. there's no explaining. It's just this is the raw power of God. Go go with it. Yeah, and you either follow me or you don't. Yeah, and you got to be okay with that. And that's another fighting of fear versus faith, because it's like you're gonna have people who are not gonna agree with everything that you do or say. You're gonna have people think that you're the enemy, or you're gonna have people think yeah. that you're right, and they're not gonna know. None of us really know, and that's the. If you're okay with that, like let it ride. You know, always got. I think it's like, oh man, don't quote me here. I think it's Ezekiel Lamentations, the fall of Lucifer. Mm. 
that one is so interesting. Man. Well, I remember we had the conversation at the at the Bible study. It got yeah. it got hot it real quick because and- I think was it was it the night I asked like because Mark Twain said, "Isn't it interesting or ironic or interesting with the two that the one person who needs the most prayer in our lives is the one person we don't pray for?" Mm. Yes, and that was like. And what I, is going on and here? Like, it's it's like the reality check of like you're the person like in real life the person you hate the most is yeah. the person you don't you don't pray for. Yeah. And it's like that's probably the person you should pray the most. You yeah. should and you should be like fighting to help them out whether they want it or not. Because he said it. He was like in, in a healthy way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in a healthy way. I'm not telling you to go knock on the door. Be like, come on, boy. Yeah. <laughs> come on, boy. <laughs> no, he said like, uh, who prays for the devil? Mm. And it was just such like this interesting concept to me of like i have never there are people in this world that i dislike there's just like there's one person in this world that Mm. i working on it right you know under construction you know road work ahead (laughs) um that i hate it's gonna take time and it's gonna take time and i'm not even close there yet and that's okay but i'm better than i was a month ago Mm -hmm. um but it's like who prays for him and I know it's kind of like this cardboard cutout of we know what happens. Mm. Like he stays bad, God comes back, wipes the floor with him, and it's like victorious. And it's like, okay, I get it. I know that the devil's going to stay bad. But it was just this idea of like who prays for him. And then you think of Lucifer, right? Like he was prideful, and God threw him out of heaven with a third of the angels, right? You may times... Man, I've been prideful in my life, and God looks at me and says, I forgive you. And I'm like, no wonder why Satan hates us. Because he's sitting down there in hell, and he's watch. he sees all of our actions. He knows what we're tempted by. Don't think he has zero power. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's powerful, but don't, I'm, don't think he has zero power. And he's sitting down there, and he's watching us. Be he's, forgiven. He's, he's watching us make these choices, knowing the consequences, sometimes not being prideful, slandering people, uh, just blatantly messing up, walking to the foot of the cross, and God's like, I forgive you. And it's like, if you were Satan... That would piss me off. Wouldn't you be like, I'll be so screw mad. you, I'll be, dude. I'll be looking at God like, why do you forgive them? Exactly. What, what, what? And that whole concept like blew my mind. And then you kind of start thinking, like, is there a reason God doesn't? Well, do you think it's is because... Is he so prideful well, he won't repent? Well, I wonder if... I think you said that it was like Lucifer fell right, and, mm-hmm. and like Lucifer fell right, yeah. and so like God like uh, go boom right. You ever thought God was like, I'm not gonna ever let that happen again, and it hasn't. Mm, like in heaven, like, as like like spiritual like, realm, like like be gone, and I because quote me the quote me wrong. God hasn't forgiven Lucifer in a way like that because mm-hmm. he's kept him down there. Yeah. So I'm curious if like God was like, well, I'm not gonna make that mistake ever again. What do I have to do? I have to forgive the rat. I have to let others make mistakes and forgive them. I mean, I think that this way, right? Like, and again, we talked about this on the beach. When Germany's getting bombed, Hmm. if Hitler hiding behind some desk or underneath some desk, after killing six million plus Jews, on top of everything else he did in his life. He hears the bombs being dropped. The plane's getting closer. He says, he looks up at the sky. He says, God, please forgive me. I repent and I give my life to you. Bomb drops. Does he wake up in heaven? Let's say theoretically he does, right? Yeah. 
Now that's like the most evil man. Yeah. Or one of the most evil men mm-hmm. on the face of the earth. There's no one on this entire earth who doesn't know the last name Hitler, right? Like he is known for being mm-hmm. cruel and just pure evil. Does despicable things, horrific ways to harm other human beings, yeah. right? God forgives him, let's say. What is to stop Satan from looking up at the sky and saying the exact same thing and meaning it? What what does that world look like? I don't know. Dude. You know what I'm saying, man? Like, you know how many times I've thought about this and it's like, maybe, like, has God taken away his ability to? But then that's not truly a God of free will. Yeah. But then does free will only apply to his creation? Like, earthly humans? Earthly humans? I, I, but then Lucifer made that decision to be prideful, so he has to have some level of free will, right? Mm. So it's like... I think it comes down to where if Lucifer himself, as of right now, his intentions aren't pure. But doesn't he know he loses? You know, you know what and I'm maybe saying? maybe he doesn't care. Because maybe it's like, I don't care if I lose in the end, but I will drag as many people to hell with me as mm-hmm. possible out of spite. Yeah, it could be. But I always thought about, what is this world where he looks up and says, God, just please forgive me. Like, I am sorry. Like, okay. I repent. I know I've done wrong. What ha- what happens then, bro? The only thing I'm thinking of is this is a situation at the moment. That means it hasn't happened. It that's hasn't, I, no. That's the only thing I can think of. And... And you know, there's some things that we will never understand, and that's totally okay. Yeah. Like I, like we said earlier, like yeah, there's a good thing we're not God. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm so happy. Right? <laughs> I don't <laughs> want it. <laughs> it just blows my mind that he had pride once. Yeah. Kicked out of heaven, and this is like you weren't just some Joe Schmo angel. Mm-hmm. You were like, you were known for having a gorgeous voice. You were known in heaven, right? It's like the power, the power gets to like, yeah. And it's like, you weren't just, and I'm not saying, like, every angel has a purpose, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But you have this beautiful voice. I mean, think of like people are on like the show, The Voice, or America's Got Talent, who have crazy voices. People are even saying, it's like, that put, puts them to shame, right? Because it was like glorifying to God. Mm-hmm. Gets kicked out of heaven. And then I willingly go, and make a stupid decision, knowing its consequence. Then I walk my happy ass over to God, and genuinely ask for repentance. And He's like, "I forgive you." So you're trying to. I feel like you're trying to figure out why me. Well, I, I just I understand his his anger, and I mean the Bible says that understanding is the beginning of wisdom, right? Yeah. So if you want to be wise about something, first understand it. Well, I think the other thing would be like understand it and then do the things to change it. Like to change yourself to do the, the things that you now understand, and maybe that could be the big thing right there. The difference between Lucifer going up and going staying down is like, is he putting those good things now that he knows is good because he knows what's good. Yeah, he knows what's good. I, I imagine he has to know how it ends. Yeah, so it's like he's and he's choosing not to, yeah. and that's the thing—he's choosing not to. That story always got me. Anyone else? I'm sorry, I'm gonna go off on tangent. Dude, I'll, 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 one more thing here. We're going to end it after this one. This, okay. <laughs> uh, something kind of came to me recently, and it was like the strength of the flock. Right? The strength of the flock. The flock, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I never thought of it this way before, but 
the whole when you're led astray in life, you make a decision. It's like the whole God leaves the ninety nine and goes after the mm-hmm. one. That's very focused on, right? Like God, and essentially saying the point that when you stray, God will chase after you. Yeah, and give you an opportunity to come back. Yeah, right. But I, I, I don't know. Maybe this is just like some stupid thought that I shouldn't even be talking about. But how much faith does he have in the flock to leave him? Like, what does it mean to be a part of that 99? What's it look like to have the fellowship and the strength in your friends and your partners and your relationships where God can look at you and say, there's safety in numbers here because you've allowed... You're good. Um, because you've allowed the right people into your life that when I need to go and chase after a stray, yeah. I trust that you'll be protected because of the other 98 around you. Yeah. Because you've made the right decisions and you've almost earned God's trust in yeah. a way, in a sense, like quote unquote, that God's like, listen, this person over there desperately needs me. I'm going to run after him. But I have faith that the 99 of you who are left here will be protected yeah. and safe because you have put the right people and relationships in your life mm-hmm. who prioritize God mm-hmm. and trust in them that he doesn't have to worry about a wolf yeah. coming and dragging another one away from the yeah. flock. Yeah. And it's like, what is that? What does that 99 look like? What does it look like? Yeah. Like That's the what, answer. In my life and or in your life, it's like, who's your 99 that you guys have so much faith and such just right relationship with God. I think it's that if he needs to leave to chase after someone else in your life, yeah. He's like, JP's got this. I think it's more of when he's not there, you know that he's there in a way. When you feel like he's not there or when you realize he's gone, like you you don't change the things that you're doing. Mm. You don't just because he's not there doesn't mean you get to change the things you want to do. Just because the circumstances are not going the way you want it to go doesn't mean you change the way you want to be. It, when it comes to the relationship with God. And I'm really big on practice. Like, I I'm, I don't know who, but there's a strong base that out of person, because statistics, not everyone's obviously reading the Bible every single day. Yeah. Right? Not everyone's writing every single day. And I'm, I'm at fault at that times too. I'm not perfect, right? There's days where I don't. But I personally do make a habit to read and write every day in mm-hmm. the morning. I do, I really do. If I if it, if it, whether it's the Bible app or whether I can just pick up my Bible and continue where I left off and just read ten pages, I genuinely do that. That's a that's a commitment I made to myself. It's like a discipline that I told myself, "Well, if I'm gonna really be this man of God, I'm gonna have to do this." Yeah. And I know for a fact there's not everybody who's in that same mindset, right? And it's like, okay, well, I personally can see the change in in my behavior and how I'm acting and the people that I'm around, and I can see the reflection of other people's lives because they're not. I can see that the actions and things that they do, and it's, it's a reflection of like how strong they are with their faith. Yeah. And so I think if if you're able to see, really see the truth, right? And I think this that I think that comes with practice of just reading. I think you understand that the 99 flock is always gonna is always there. It's up to you if you want to really be a part of it. Mm. And if you're willing to stay in it, because I mean I know he's not actually leaving. Yeah, yeah. Them, right? Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. Omnipresent. Yeah, he's omnipresent. He's yeah. there with them. But I'm like, let's just dumb this down for someone. But, what if it's like because I like to think it's like a, mm, I don't want to say the word test, but it's like a, like you said, faith, trust, that comes into play, and it's like he trusts you. Why can't you trust yourself? Yeah. 
Why can't you trust yourself? Why can't you trust relationships to put yourself in? Yeah. Like, I just always imagined, like, a literal one shepherd, hundred sheep. Yeah. One runs away. <laughs> shepherd is like, all right, guys, I got to get him, and runs after him. Mm. Like, how much faith are you putting in the 99 to remain a single unit mm. and rely on each other? And I just, I don't know, it was always like a, What's, um... who are my 99? You know, who's my circle that, because... You gotta have the right circle. Yeah, you really do. If you, but the only way you're gonna know is if you commit to them and see the actions and you learn from them. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh. Well, let me know in twenty years mm. how that circle's going. And no play. <laughs> <laughs> I hope to be a part of that circle for twenty absolutely. years. You know what I mean? Nothing will ever change. Um, but never say never. But I would say circles will change. It's part of life. Yeah. Right. Um, but it doesn't mean you don't leave the door open. Mm. Circles would change, but leave the door open. Yeah, that's one thing I I learned big was just you can have people come and go, mm-hmm. and you can't you can't like and you can't hold the past back too. So like if you, you really meet somebody can. ten years from now, like if we stop talking for like five to ten years, right, and we come back, and we're buddies, buddies still, right? But it's like you're a completely different person than you were ten years ago, yeah. and it's up to me to ask the questions and understand that. It's up to me to like put myself like, hey, like what's the present now? What's yeah, you know what's um. I'd almost hope you're a, be- or a different it? person, though. That's that's the thing. Because yeah. I want to know you're a better person. Like, I don't want to come back 10 years and be like, hey, Liam, how are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm still, you know, this, 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 this. And I'm like, so nothing's changed? Yeah. You know? And I'm be like, that's unfortunate. Oh, dude, I would crumble if you that's told me that in no, 10 years. Yeah, like 10 years. I'd be like, like, what the hell? I'm like, what's new with you, bro? No, nah, same, same old, same old. I'm like, that's unfortunate. Bye. Like, I, and I, I don't mean bye in like a, like a. Just see ya. Yeah, no, bye in the, oh, dude. This is great because I just read this. I read this yesterday. I was on uh, second. Um, oh, what? Hold on. Stand by. All right. <laughs> okay. So I was on. Uh, Timothy? Second th- uh, Thessalonians. Mm. And warning against the idleness is what I read yesterday. How great is this? Really? Is that, so it goes. What verse are you reading? Uh, uh, 3-6. Okay. It goes, In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers and sisters, to keep away from every believer who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teachings you received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. And that right there, it's like Mm -hmm. if you just stay stagnant for like 10 years and come back, I'm like, okay, well... I should not be around you then, most likely. Yeah. Like, because it obviously means you're not doing anything. But it doesn't mean I disown you. And it keeps going down. It's like, uh, take special note of anyone who does not obey our instructions in this letter. Do not associate with them in order that they may feel ashamed. Wait, I'm sorry. Do not associate with them in order that they may feel ashamed. You do not regard them as an enemy, but you warn them as as you would a fellow believer. And I'm just like, okay, so the, so it's like, okay, I may not hang out with you anymore if that was something to happen. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you're my enemy. Yeah. And and I think it's so that you as a person are able to change. Like I may help facilitate a motive to yeah. change. That meaning. Yeah, has meaning. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's, I don't know. Mm. Let him cook. Let him cook. <laughs> Dude, this is fun. Yeah, I, I really appreciate, appreciate this. Yeah, this we got a good time. We will do another one with, about Seer training before you head on out. Oh, dude, just grab Mark and. But this is another Christian talk. Talk Christian talk pod. 
That's what I'm gonna call it right now. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, I leave in 20 days. Exciting. Yeah, it's a new chapter. It has. I mean, it, it, it has its. It has its like. Everything has pros and cons. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No, it does. And like it, people spend three years of their life saving enough money to come down to where we live. Yeah. For five days, and it's like I recognize that, and I recognize I'm leaving like a Dude, tropical paradise. You saying that like open my eyes, like how how much I take this place for granted oh, sometimes yeah. because like not everybody gets to live in, oh, in this. You wake this up area. and the beach is ten minutes from you. Yeah. Like people literally spend a year's salary to yeah. come down here for four days. Yeah. It's kind and of, it's like leaving that's gonna suck, yeah. but I'm super excited about what the future has. Yeah, dude, New Mexico gonna be fun. Oh yeah, yeah, I think you have a great time. Got a good group going out. Yeah, you do, yeah? yeah. Good. That's what matters. The people go in there, find a church. Yeah, talk no. to Pastor Michael. He's already uh, has he? he reached out to a um, pastor in Albuquerque. It's oh, about good. Three hours south of where I'll be. Okay. Um, but See. he's seeing if that guy knows any connections. That's how you do it. North. Yeah. Who do you know? Who do you know that knows? Somebody, well, I told right? did I tell you this. I told Pastor Michael that uh, you know we have Ocean's Church out here. Yeah. That we should open a sister church in New Mexico and call it Deserts. <laughs> <laughs> so we have oceans and deserts, you know, across the country. That's funny. And he was like, "We need to do this." <laughs> <laughs> he's so motivated. He's yeah. like, "Yeah, let's do it." He's like, "All right." Oh, he's so good. He's so funny. Yeah, we uh, got plenty of time. So yeah. whenever you want to do it again, all right, but absolutely. Absolutely.